0: Welcome here to the Golden Age of Grappling Podcast. This is episode 230 on DP. And I'm
1: Tony G. DP this week for the people. Yeah. We reviewed WWF Fully Loaded 1998. Yeah. It's it's very 1998.
0: (laughs) The late 90s were a very uh, horny, kind of racist time. It's a weird time in the WWF.
1: Well, and this is also, I'm not saying things don't get worse at points, but the Russo fingerprints are just <laughs> you filthy get, all over this thing.
0: You get a rare you, Russo sighting in this I know, this yeah, thing.
1: yeah, you even get to see him for God's sake, so you know he's there to blame for all this. <laughs> yeah, yep. But, but uh, yeah, we watch that because this is a wrestling review show. Each week, DP and I get together and discuss an event we agreed to watch the week before, It's the Oprah's book club for wrestling nerds for any and all information about the show links to Twitter, Facebook, all the rest. Visit GoldenAgePodcast.com. And if you feel the need to express yourself further, maybe something a little longer or more involved, send us an email at GoldenAgeGrappling at gmail.com.
0: Yeah. Send those emails over if you've got a show that you watched and you thought, man, that was a wild segment or there was something weird about this or it's just really Keep interesting. Keep to yourself. You could, uh... That's
1: what I say. Keep it to <laughs> yourself. I don't want to hear
0: it. <laughs> we don't want to know about your shows and, and all the, all that good stuff, the good wrestling right. and weird wrestling. Uh, yeah, okay. so you can, We take requests is what I'm trying to get around to saying.
1: Yes, I'm joking. Please tell me all about the wrestling you'd like us to watch. We'd love to hear about it. Um, yeah.
0: Now, Tony, before we jump into the world of wrestling, it, you know, the world continues. We are, you know, some of us going back into quarantine, some of us still coming yeah. out of quarantine. Uh, but this week for me, it was just, you know, a lot, a lot of baseball. And that's kind of part of the reason why our show is so late coming out here. Um, it has me thinking, you know, of just, just too much summer. I've spent a lot of time sitting at a table in direct sunlight and it is sometimes miserable, but a lot of times yeah. fun. It's, it's more, more so sweaty, miserable by the end though.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's a nice change of pace, though, being able to cover something like baseball, true. I imagine. Very over, true. Over the nothing that was taking place <laughs> in the months prior to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, you know, obviously, I'm not here to have a debate about where you, how you feel about, you know, school sports or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, but it is nice that some things are at least able to get out there and have hopes that they yeah. may be playing a season. Well, um, I don't think they will, but...
0: And it was a crazy windy weekend as well. So it was one of those things where it's like we're already outdoors, which is nice, and then like with the wind, it's like I feel a lot more comfortable that all those idiots that I'm not sitting near with <laughs> with no masks I, I mean, are at least not breathing directly on me with all this fucking wind. It's gonna go way out there to right field.
1: You just ignore Mark Wahlberg and all his findings and the happening when you you know, you just you think that the trees and all that wind's good for you, huh? Yeah, yeah. Blowing oh. that disease right at you, bro
0: that movie is awful. Um and it it's not like one of those where you go back and watch and are like, "No, it's actually okay." No, it's not. It's it's bad. No. <laughs>
1: it, you know what it is, is? that movie has so much potential like yeah. at the beginning cuz it it's like, "Whoa." Like people are just losing their minds. There's a lot mm-hmm. of cool imagery of like people walking off the buildings and the lawnmower and like Yeah. It has a strong like kick out kick down the door and then you're like, "Hang on, wait, what?" Oh, oh, this is like any other explanation would have been fine. <laughs> he would have been like, oh, aliens. I mean yeah. it's kind of stupid, but whatever. But the wind. It's like he M Night literally sat there and was like, What would they just be absolutely but, completely disappointed in?
0: And it's it's also one of those movies that when you go back and watch it, like, once they establish that that's what it is okay, right. fine, let's live in that world. But then they just break all the rules. Oh, like, yeah, houses you're right, you're are right. just, like, yeah. perfectly, like, sealed and all this other yeah. shit. It's like, this is ridiculous, guys.
1: Yeah, you're right. Even when they, like, kind of, like, pull you in, like, you're like, fine, it's the freaking trees. Whatever. <laughs> right. And then they, they still can't even, like, you know, commit to it. So, no, you're right. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> <What's> <laughs> baseball. Yeah, that's fun. That's, that's what that's I've been fun.
0: doing. So what have you yeah. been up to?
1: Um, You know, not a whole lot. Um, oh, I can't say that. News has been busy. Things have been happening. <laughs> Nothing really that's all that much fun or anything yeah. like that. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. I'm happy to be working, and so can't complain.
0: Sounds good. So, do you want to talk about some uh, some some current wrestling? A little bit of a taste of current wrestling. Obviously, if folks want a more detailed look, you can always check out the very end of the show. Uh, we yep. we dive deep into it. But
1: yeah, we talked about Fighter Fest and uh, Great American Bash and all that good stuff.
0: Yeah. So, with all of that said, there's a little morsel that we've saved specifically for the beginning of this show, of, of the Ooh. now, for those people in the future when they think, oh, when did they record that show? It's when what we're about to talk about was happening. So, this is a segment we like to call the Sid Vicious Dishes.
2: See, I was that forward with this look on my face. It was something that was given to me because of people like you. See, he's going to like me. It's the big dumb guy. Like this you My disposition is not something I was born with, it's something I was acquired, because people like you, <laughs> because you are feared of me. And you will tell me the magic words, sin vicious, vicious, vicious.
3: All the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit of- Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, Hal.
0: Sorry. All right, Tony, we are live. What would you like to talk
3: about?
1: Well, you know, you mentioned that this is a, you know, a time capsule part of the show here. You know, if you're listening in the future, you know, this would maybe be a time stamp. This week, this is a, maybe a bit of an evergreen topic, because <laughs> unfortunately, I'm not sure it's anything oh. that will end in the near future. And that is the debate over ratings. Oh! And specifically the Wednesday Night Wars. What is the debate now?
0: Centering around? Like, I've not seen the controversy over this. I've just seen... It's not much a controversy as much
1: as it's just annoying. So, you know, the ratings thing has got, you know, whatever. It's reported every week. It's, you know, AEW has won a majority of them, probably 90% of them. Um, But then we started getting into the weeds because there's a lot of podcasts that have a lot of time to talk about these kinds of things, specifically Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez. Yeah, about demos. Because don't they
0: like talk like every day?
1: Well, yeah, they do. <laughs> um, but um, but demos. Yeah. You know. You know. Now because it's the eighteen to forty-nine and it's the fifty-plus and it's you know winning the key demographics. So I mean,
0: it's something that if you've been paying attention to the ratings, they've always talked about.
1: Yes, but. You know, NXT has won, I think at this point, maybe three weeks in a row. Yeah, by the, overall viewership the, or whatever. The overall viewership numbers. And that, of course, just sends people into a tailspin of, <laughs> you know, arguing about why that doesn't matter and why it matters and why it should matter. And during the Monday Night Wars, that mattered. We didn't talk about demos and blah, 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 blah. And I'm not saying that it doesn't, the gas doesn't get thrown on the fire by Dave Meltzer's incessant feelings that he needs to reply to every person that sends him a comment, which is just amazing sometimes. Um, But so that's been going on. That fire's been burning. That's been going on for weeks and weeks and months. And, you know, since the beginning of this whole Wednesday Night War thing, you know, people trying to understand demographics and why that matters and, you know, how advertisers look at all this stuff yeah when they should just be watching the wrestling but anyway (laughs) that's fine if it's something that you want to get into and it almost kind of felt like it was not as big a deal as much lately like people were just kind of like "Eh, whatever we're sick of even talking about it or arguing about it but then aew folks like tony khan and cody and chris jericho for whatever reason it was, I'm not trying to get political here, but it was a very Trumpian thing where it was like, <laughs> you lost the popular vote, but yeah. you're going to brag about the electoral college kind of a situation. With these, yes, And I'm just like, it's the Eric Wareheim, like, you know, exploding mm-hmm. brain gif. Like, why? Like, yeah. I, it was, it, it's, it's just kind of feels like he came out of left field. And like, I'd seen people like Jim Ross be dismissive of it in months past and not really engaging in any like talk about how do you feel about this and then just literally out of nowhere Tony Khan was the worst about it he was like a child bragging about how much money their dad makes on the playground or something just with tweets explaining why this is actually a win and why this they I was just like what is going I just it just felt weird and Jericho Jericho has been trollish about it I think he knows exactly what he's doing (laughs) because they're always very matter of fact uh, kind of tweets about it and like you know i think he knows exactly what he's doing but he's going on you know talking like he's a nielsen rep
3: mentioning oh like you know the
1: importance of you know the r- demographic the demos and stuff yeah you know c- cody mentioning that they're really at war with guy fieri as far as you know the wednesday night wars because i mean they are all losing to his <laughs> well of show, course yeah but, <laughs> you know but it's so you just have all
0: that you, food and what, food and real estate you can't compete with that that's gonna get nah, the ratings now nah.
1: Now, if somebody's buying a house for 60 grand and they're flipping it for 120 grand, you ain't beating that. Like, people want to watch them do that. Like, yep. Uh, though that's what I always think is so funny. We're sitting here, blah, blah, blah about these wrestling rings. Like, what's truly sad are the things that are winning on Wednesday. What is the (laughs) challenge? I don't even know what the challenge is on MTV, but it is number one by a mile every week on Wednesday. And nobody's screaming at that show, you know? Yeah. No,
0: I have no idea what that show is either
1: i who knows but i so it's just one of those th- deals and i've even seen like lance storm and others coming out like just please stop like to dave <laughs> Meltzer about like even replying to these people are having that conversation like yeah but i think they're just trying to get a rise but um it's one of those things where it's like I, I just i don't i just wish people wouldn't care so much about it you know what i mean like these aren't your favorite sports teams competing every week like yeah Watch both, watch one, watch the other. I don't, you know, I don't care. And when the ratings come out, does it really matter? And it's also, they're so close in the ratings. It's such a minuscule, like, argument. Like, we're really going to celebrate 30,000 more people watching one of the shows? Well, that's the thing, is, like...
0: We're still arguing over the ratings on who's winning, but if you if no one's been paying, like it's still both of them are still going like this, like
1: well, yeah, it's still getting
0: smaller overall of who is watching wrestling because like these the current conditions are not conducive to very entertaining television unless you're really into wrestling. So
1: we 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 haven't talked about this week's raw, but we're recording late enough in the week that I have at least seen raw did one and a half million viewers. This week.
0: Is that good or bad at this point? That's I don't the know. worst
1: ever. Okay,
0: because I, I was like, I don't feel like that's good, but I also don't feel like that's all that...
1: Remember, like, when we, everyone was, like, talking about the impending death of Impact, they were getting, like, 1.3.
0: Yeah. Well, I remember, you know? I mean, we've been talking about, like, at least not we, but, like, the garbage train, the Brian Alvarez's have been talking about, like, the right. death of Raw because of, like, 3.0 was like this like huge number that like we couldn't go below three. I, mean, I remember when they went into the threes and everybody lost their mind, but that, then yeah. like we hit into the, once it was three point, I was like, well, it can't go lower than that. And then it just continues yeah. to drop. And it's just,
1: <laughs> so it's yeah. Overall, it's not great. And I think at all, like you kind of mentioned, I think it has a lot to do just with the atmosphere, you know? Yeah. It's why I listen to all these sports talk guys mentioning about bas- ba- baseball coming back and basketball coming back. And what's like, it's going to look like without the fans. It's like, I'll tell you exactly what it's going to look like. Talk to wrestling fans, <laughs> Yes. because we can tell you that it's okay at first. You're like, uh, oh, yeah. this is this is happening. This is better than nothing. And about two or three weeks in, you're going to be sick of it. Like, yeah. Now there's going to be there's going to be people that are just going to it's not going to be able. It's just not going to work for them.
0: Major League Baseball would be like ingenious to do like a Netflix party style like Zoom meeting for games. True. Because yeah, like just that. having anybody else reacting as well would be like something that would add to the match, you know. Or because mm-hmm. like I feel like baseball, it'll be pretty one thing. Like basketball, there's a lot of emotion from that crowd. It's going to be real, <sighs> yeah. real weird.
1: I don't know. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah, all these all those sports guys out there, they're like, I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. Ask wrestling fans. We can tell you exactly how we feel about it. We're sick of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're gonna, we're going to get to the semifinals, and everyone's going to be like, I'm going to wait till the finals. I'm I'm taking a week <laughs> off. Exactly. Well,
1: so yeah, but that's uh that's what's happening. All right. So
0: uh before we jump into the the time machine and head back, I do want to point out for the, the folks that are maybe just now tuning into the show, if you've maybe not listened to a lot of our episodes, um we've actually kind of summer of ninety eight ish, we've we've really <laughs> kind of dominated here. We've we've done <laughs> If, you, if you're into this show, uh, we've also checked out The Heat from August 2nd of 1998 on episode 129, where that has more of the Kai and Tai, choppy, choppy, or pee-pee stuff. Right.
1: Um, Which is from Raw, actually, but anyway. Yeah, but ahead.
0: they, they re- review it. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. Or you could jump to episode 89 of our show from August 13th of 2017, when we reviewed the very next show that this company did in SummerSlam of 1998.
1: or if Highway like, to Hell. Yeah,
0: and a weird little trivia note. That's I think I believe that is the first image that we added our logo to on the graphic. Uh. Um, if you're really adventurous, you could leap all the way back to episode four of the podcast when we didn't have most of our stuff figured out, but we reviewed King of the Ring
1: 1998. Yeah, so so we go. We we love ourselves the summer of '98.
0: Yeah, apparently and if yeah, and if you're really into 1998, it's really easy to find. Just go to the episode, this episode on the uh, website, episode 230, and the bottom there's tags. Click on 1998 and it pops up all the other episodes from that time. So, we've also done Rock Bottom and WrestleMania from this year. So, quite a bit of 1998 has been covered at this point. But that's what's going on around the time that we did the show. We talked about this uh this uh, Sid vicious dish, then those are the episodes you can check out. But now it's time to finally get to July of 1998 and uh, we're going to get there with the four things. Four.
2: Five. Four's the, best. the four things time capsule.
0: The four things are. Number 1 on July 1st, the NBA commenced a player lockout after no agreement with players about salary issues. It lasted 204 days with the season shortened by 50 games.
1: Yeah. Do you remember the champions that season? No. That was the beginning of the San Antonio Spurs dynasty.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Is that uh, the Robinson or whatever? And- yeah. David Robinson's last season, Tim Duncan's first season. Nice. And yeah. that And I didn't realize because there's been a lot of talk about, uh, you know, will there be an asterisk next to the NBA champion of 2020 <laughs> because of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then I never realized, like, the venom that that Spurs team catches until. People oh, start bringing okay. this up. Everyone goes, "Oh well, the Spurs, you know, they only played <laughs> this many games, and nobody quit." You know, it's like, "Oh, I didn't even realize people like thought any less of that championship." So,
0: interesting. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting that you know, there's that tie-in with uh, we're going to have another shortened postseason here. This or not? Maybe not even shortened postseason, but just a weird, yeah. well, adjunct season here. Um.
1: And then, well, and lastly, just real quick, and the next season starts in November. That's that's wild. <laughs> Anyway, go ahead.
0: <laughs> so here's a little bit of extra sports news for you folks over in the pond over the pond here that this I don't understand this sentence, and so that's what makes me laugh so much about it. July sixth, England cricket spin bowler Robert Croft saves England from defeat with a famous unbeaten thirty seven in one ninety minutes on day five of second test versus South Africa at Old Trafford, Manchester. Maybe maybe that made something uh, of sense, dude, I but mean, I have no yeah, idea. Spin I, bowlers. I think-
1: I think if you follow the sport, you understand.
0: An unbeaten 37. That must be impressive. Number two. On July 10th, Roman Catholic sexual abuse cases. The Diocese of Dallas agreed to pay $23.4 million to nine former altar boys that had been uh, sexually abused by former priest Rudolf Koss. So that that yeah. was still going on. I, that, I guess that's not really a great time stamp since that pretty much happens every summer at this point. Yeah. Uh, it's not great. Number three. Taking a look at the films releasing in the lead-up to tonight's event in America on July 1st. Tony, I know this one's your favorite. It's Armageddon, making $554 million.
1: It was a cultural phenomenon of a movie. It was. Like, <laughs> everyone remembers where they were when Armageddon came out. But, and the first time you heard that Aerosmith song, oh,
3: that you geez. would
1: hear for the rest of your life. Well, actually, it kind of went away but there was like a 10 year period there where it was in constant rotation <laughs> uh, no listen it is Does that
0: music video have footage from the movie in it
1: oh yeah that's what I oh thought. yeah i remember it's watching the like, music video like steven tyler almost kind of assumes the bruce willis dad role it seems like like i feel like they interflash <laughs> him and he's not i don't know um no that's one of those movies that man you go back and watch it now and yeah. it's a lot of fun to like laugh at oh yeah but it's like at the time for that movie to like for people to have taken that seriously, it's almost hard to comprehend it's, because you go back now and it is just so ridiculous.
0: It's got, now, now to think about it, it kind of has a Con Air feel to it.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it's, you is know. Is it the same dude? <laughs> Jerry Brockheimer, I think, isn't it? Or I'm I can't not remember. sure.
0: Um, but yeah, so that came out. And then a movie that I had completely forgot even existed, July 10th, Lethal Weapon 4 released.
1: Uh, another just, lots of memories. <laughs> had that had that vhs and wore that out yeah you get jet lee gets in there as the bad guy that's pretty solid stuff okay uh yeah no chris rock is trying to i think marry danny glover's daughter in oh, that one so nice yeah it's, it's it's not bad that same weekend
0: madeline came out making 29 million and small soldiers at 71 million dollars which we i believe we've talked about like oh, three yeah. or four times on this show
1: <laughs> i'll just i'll just continue to say it's wildly underrated and uh <laughs> I think adults would enjoy it more than they realize.
0: July fifteenth, uh, The Mask of Zorro released, which was apparently so big okay, Le- Armageddon came out. Right. But Mask of Zorro was the show, was the movie that was listed on the uh on this date dot com mm-hmm. like list like they don't put movies on there very often unless they're like huge cultural touchstones. Right. Like The Mask of Zorro but yeah, the Mask of Zorro made two hundred and thirty three million dollars. It took on there's something about Mary that same weekend.
1: Mm. That's a t- yeah. I mean, because Zoro is just one of those characters that, like, now I don't think anybody'd give a shit, but, like, the timing yeah. was just kind of right, I suppose, at that point. That there was a lot was, of like, marketing behind that. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that it took them that long to make Antonio Banderas Zoro is kind of amazing. <laughs> like,
0: July 24th, another gigantic film, Saving Private Ryan, released, making $485 million. Four?
1: What was everybody's deal in 98? Like, let's just throw out our highest-grossing films of all time list or
0: something. <laughs> uh, also, releasing that same weekend, not making nearly as much, Disturbing Behavior at 19 million.
1: Ah, but with a wonderful soundtrack. Very brooding. <laughs> Very brooding. Katie Holmes.
0: Nice. Nice. I just watched the OSW review of uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey and ah, nice. they talked a whole bunch about the uh, soundtrack of that movie because apparently the soundtrack's like the best thing about it.
1: Um, oh yeah, no. absolutely. I haven't watched that one yet. I need to check that out.
0: It's worth checking out. Number four, oh, yeah. uh, looking to the musical side of popular culture at the top of the Billboard Hot 100 charts was a song by two single-named women. It was Brandy and Monica with their oh, song yeah. The, the Boy Is Mine. Mine. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that was a song that if I if I hadn't watched the music video, I would have assumed a different like role of how because it, it's a, it's a it's a confrontational song. They're singing yeah. against each other about the same mm-hmm. man, and I didn't realize that. And then so I was watching the music video, and it, I got all wrapped. I watched the entire thing. I was like, oh, what is the story about this?
1: It's yeah, they don't make it super clear in the early, you know, what I mean, like the song itself, like like you said, it sounds very. You know, friendly almost. Well, they and you know, it's like a duet.
0: Yeah, you've got the two voices, but like if it was like right. a, a band of girls singing, usually you always mm-hmm. assume it's them, like as a single entity singing about something else, not necessarily sure. in in fighting here. Mm-hmm. But uh, exactly. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. That that's definitely a song that's been in my head since I recorded that two days ago.
1: So. Wow, well, that doesn't surprise me. And hey, it could be worse. And that was also kind of the calm before the boy band and. Disney princess storm. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, not long after 98, the summer of 98 did, you know, it was all Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, all that stuff.
0: So. Mm-hmm. well, that brings us now to July 26th of 1998 when 9,855 fans filed into the Salon arena. I don't know how exactly to say that in Fresno, yeah. California for one of the last WWF in your house shows that they were calling fully loaded.
1: Yeah, and they were even messing that up. It's like fully loaded in your house. Instead it's weird, of yeah. In your house, you know, whatever. So, yeah, they were almost done with that altogether. Because this is also a three-hour show.
0: Oh, that's right. I didn't
1: even think about that. Because I think we mentioned it when we watched it. We watched, I think, the first time they went to three hours. And re- I can't remember which one it was. but Okay. Uh, I think it was in 98 or something like that. So Gotcha. After, after WrestleMania 14, probably.
0: Well, glancing at the other side of the Monday Night Wars, WCW had just come off of Bash at the Beach 98, which had a live gate of 314,000, featured a WCW title match with champion Bill Goldberg defending against Kurt Hennig, and then Hulk Hogan teamed with Dennis Rodman to beat Carl Malone and DDP. So, there you go there. Uh but I mean, it's good.
1: WCW, it's just all those when you when those you bring we bring up those shows and celebrity involvement. Mm. It was just so clear that it was just the short term bang. Yep. There's no long term think. You know what I mean? Like, you've got book gold Bill Goldberg, the could have been the biggest star in wrestling. Was even despite WCW's mishandling, <laughs> was maybe the biggest star in wrestling for at least a yeah, month for, or two. Yeah. And you got him fighting Kurt Henning. 'Cause you have to have Carl Malone on your show. <laughs> or if it wasn't this show, it's Jay Leno and Kevin Eubanks on your yep. show. You know what I mean? Like yep. and it's just you're not <laughs> just not shining the light in the right direction. You know, when you yeah. have something as hot as Goldberg and they just mismanaged it and you know, you see where things go from ninety eight forward, you know, it doesn't get better, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. According to OSW Review's pay per view statistics page, fully loaded did three hundred and five thousand buys down eighty thousand from King of the Ring and just under half of what they would get for SummerSlam '98.
1: So that mean kind of seems like that's in line, though. You know what I mean? King of the Ring has yeah. more name recognition, and then SummerSlam's the second biggest show of the year. So yeah, makes sense.
0: The OSW guys have it listed at eight thousand eight hundred thirty-five paid with live gate at one hundred seventy-nine thousand dollars. So I, that's the reason that I listed the live gate of the WCW Bash at the Beach show. Because they made almost twice as much apparently for that Bash at the Beach show than WWE did for this uh, this show here, uh, but mm-hmm. meaning the average price of a ticket was twenty dollars and thirty cents basically. So,
1: you know, but I mean, you know, again, it's the it's the long term booking. Oh,
0: that's yeah. yeah. I mean, this isn't a great show, but as far as like right. the direction of the company and the storylines and stuff, it's way yeah. more solid than the other side right now.
1: Right, it makes sense that. The numbers would be where they are. I mean, your main event's a tag team match. Yep. You know, so yeah. So this show, people, people knew what they were getting.
0: This show was so you know high end pay per view that, that it starts like a television show. Like we immediately are with King. Yeah. We're sweet. breaking through the door of the women's rest dressing room here. He just says, "Sable, I'm I'm coming in," and he just bursts into the women's room with a camera crew and a microphone. And uh, Sable is, I guess, dressed at this point, and she's. There, the crowd cheers for this. King asks for a brief description of her bikini tonight. And, uh, she responds, How about a preview? And the king is great here, but man, he's going to wear me out on this by the end of the yep. show.
1: Yeah. Preview.
0: <laughs> Get on my cord,
2: you idiot. Come on. <sighs> Whoa. Oh my gosh. What are we. Whoa top. This is Sable's top. Yes, a little peek for me. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!
0: <laughs> See, like that's it, it's before even like the logo video. Like this right. is the weirdest start to a pay-per-view.
1: <laughs> yeah, I even I wonder how if this was even how it went live. You know what I mean? Like, this feels oddly added on or something. But it's definitely... Because it's also, again, another one of those things where it's like... That had to have been during the free-for-all or something, I would hope. Because otherwise, if I'm watching the pay-per-view, I'm already here. You know what I mean? Like, you're not encouraging me to to buy it based on that.
0: I was thinking about that, and I thought, you know, this does feel very much like a great, like, first five minutes of the pay-per-view comes to Uh, you free sort of a thing on Prime Star. And, like...
1: yeah. You know what? I think you're right. They, I think they were still doing that first few minutes free thing, so that so, would that would explain it.
0: Yeah, like, she steps behind, like, a shade with a light behind her, so that way we get the silhouette as she right. takes off her top, and, uh, yeah, King looks at her, freaks out, and then we go to the video. It was just, it very much tells you exactly where we're at on this show oh, yeah. here tonight. Like, this is oh, the yeah. focus of everything. Fuck the tag team match, fuck all this. This is the focus.
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh yeah, for better or worse, that's for sure here. Um now though we get the actual open video promoting the pay per view and the matches, um Steve Austin is of course at the center of everything here in the summer of nineteen ninety-eight, as <laughs> yes. he should be. Um you know, will he overcome the odds? He's been dealing with Kane and the Undertaker since he you know won at WrestleMania. You know, Vince McMahon has been sticking his nose in there. Um but now you know, the tides have turned. Uh, he and the taker will fight at SummerSlam. That is, you know, that's known. Um, But they're both dealing with this duo of mankind and Kane who happen to be the tag team champions. And it's kind of a, you know, will they, won't they team up and coexist kind of situation here?
0: Yes. Yeah. And we get, you know, a video of the mankind being thrown off the hell in a cell. Right. During this, of course, Um
1: (laughs) any chance they get to show that.
0: Yeah, but, you know, he asks if, you know, if he will be abandoned or if the two renegades intent on destroying the foundation of this company will stand together in defiance of McMahon. And it's like, Jesus Christ, (laughs) the the wording is ridiculous. But yeah, so will the answers that are given become the questions that need answers? Of course, you know, you get that little flipperoo of the phrase to make it sound wise by the end. And uh, yeah, then we go to the arena where Jim Ross welcomes us. Uh he's got, of course, Jerry Lawler with him, uh, but we go straight to match number one, and this one is Val Venus battling double J Jeff Jarrett along with Southern Justice and Tennessee Lee.
1: <laughs> uh it's always great to see Colonel Parker. It was it was out there with his handkerchief, you know, <laughs> dabbing the sweat away from his brow. Oh yeah the undefeated Valvenus as well right now. Oh,
0: is that the case? Okay, so this Put is their gold. The but respect Goldberg. on
1: his name. He's probably been in the company for like 3 weeks, so that's why he's undefeated.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, he grabs the mic and says he wants to do something he's wanted to do for a long time. <laughs> and uh California, here I come. He begins removing his trunks and it, a very odd like long time they wait before Tennessee Lee's music finally hits. Um but yeah, then Tennessee Lee comes out and uh this is what he has to say.
1: Or Parker.
2: California! Oh, you're right. He-
0: The problem is, I don't know that. Like, maybe I'm wrong. Or maybe it's because of you know the the other outs. You know, outside circumstances that ended up taking place. But is this a, a character that you would see Vince like ever like really promoting? Like, it just feels very much like this is his like making fun of WCW. It's great. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I love this package right. of these two guys yeah. and, and like. Oh, yeah. Him over top of that music, talking about double F, Jeff, like all that ridiculous <laughs> stuff is great, but I just don't know that Vince like. This is more of like he gets to laugh and poke fun at you know the the Southern wrestling boys.
1: Yeah, I mean
0: actually- it's also
1: it's also like an immediate heat-seeking missile though type of a gimmick. You know, like everything yeah. about it is heelish. You know, oh yeah, the the country music manager gimmick with Tennessee Lee and jeff and those stupid tights and oh yeah you know the the hats and all that kind of stuff so but no at the same time you're not wrong i mean it's been pretty well documented between bruce pritchard and jr and others that vince doesn't like a southern accent <laughs> yes he doesn't want you to have a southern accent he's probably not gonna be too interested in promoting a person with a southern accent so no you're not wrong about that and also add the fact that jeff jarrett steps and shit every time yeah. he comes into the company over the course of the nineties. Like <laughs> this is that weird, like Jeff's just gotten back from WCW. He has the look from WCW. He hasn't quite got like at SummerSlam actually, thank God. He gets his head shaved and that's when we get the oh, Okay. The Jeff Jarrett we've all known throughout the TNA years that, you know, don't piss me off and yeah. all that fun stuff is on the horizon. But yeah, this WCW <laughs> Jeff chair thing never worked, and I don't think Vince was ever all that interested in it. So, gotcha. But now to complicate things even further, the ref is, you know, pushing the Southern Justice away, telling them to get away from, you know, they can't be at ringside. Mm-hmm. And here comes Kai and Tai. which, small spoiler here, but <laughs> just because of the timing, I can't help it. The fact that we're talking about Kayentai here and the fact that Dick Togo just showed up in New Japan. It's just yeah. very odd how the world works like that. So.
0: <laughs> That's very true. Um, yeah, yeah, they're they're in the middle of talking about like Gar- Jeff Jarrett being greater than Garth Brooks or something is what the king says. Um of course, yeah. but yeah, then all of a sudden Ty come out and, like flags and all four of them are coming. I was like, What is happening here? I was like, Why would they think they're gonna be able to come out if Southern Justice is being thrown out? And somehow like the ref's like, Okay Yamaguchi, you can go. The rest right. of you go no and like just sends them away.
1: Yeah, Yamaguchi-san is going to join the announce team, which I was like, oh my, this <laughs> is going to be bad.
0: Yeah, he's here to see Val Venus. Um, the match kind of gets underway here, and he gets pretty, uh, pretty repetitive pretty quickly, but I do enjoy Yamaguchi-san calling him the Burger King. Um, he says Americans are obsessed with size. Look at the Titanic. It was huge. It sunk. Um, and then King brings up Yamaguchi's wife. Mm.
3: What? Or a contortionist or something? Stop talking about your wife, man. That's a private thing between us, you know. Robin? Hey, contortionist? Is- is she- I know she. Oh. she's a yoga player, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yoga player. Yes, we have already... uh valvenus has already revealed the sex tape that he gotcha. made with Yamaguchi-san's wife at this point, so... Yes. And then I think many of you know what happens actually the next night on Raw, if I'm not wrong.
0: Oh really? Okay.
1: I think I think Choppy Choppy PP is if not the next it's 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 coming up soon. It's it's on the horizon.
0: Well King yeah, King says tells us about that and her being in the yoga video and Yamaguchi admits that. Uh Val tries a crossbody, uh
1: but well, mis- J. R. also is like that is enough. Like he is just like, <laughs> Where's the match? can we talk about the match in the ring? Like he just, is, and I was actually at the same point too. Cause I mean, King was doing what he was supposed to be doing there, right? Man, it yeah. is just, is so annoying by the time what? Jr loses his shit.
0: And like, once they recap that there's nothing else for him to say. And he just no, keeps exactly. saying that tomorrow on raw, he's going to get kind style on, Val that's all they keep saying, and that's all that he'll say over and over, and like, there's times when JR is calling the match, and Yamaguchi's like, well, what about tomorrow night, when the guy is gonna, it's like, no, shut up again, man, (laughs) what
1: are you doing? Jesus, yeah, so all the while, there's actually a pretty decent match taking place in the ring, Jeff Jarrett ducks across
0: Val, Val is very clearly very green at this point,
1: like Jarrett is
0: carrying him through this, I feel like
1: well, yeah, but that's because Jeff Jarrett's really good um, Double J ducks across body but Val delivers a hot shot covers for a two. Val with a series of knees to the midsection and followed by a side Russian leg sweep. Um, Val blocks a sunset flip attempt from Double J. Uh, Double J with an ugly powerbomb. That was probably Val's fault because (laughs) Jeff Jarrett's good at wrestling. Um, Double J then hits a clothesline, sending Val to the outside. And then we get some great Tennessee Lee, which I love when he came out earlier and he talked about don't embarrass yourself. I don't know if that was a little innuendo there. But without going too deeply into it, just based on Tony Schiavone's podcast exclusively, Colonel Parker is apparently could shame any man oh. when it comes to exposing <laughs> themselves. So I just wonder if that wasn't what he was getting at there a little bit when he said that to Val when he came out, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. I, but, you know, I digress. Anyway, um, yeah, Tennessee is attacking Val on the outside. Chops are exchanged until Double J delivers a DDT to Val. I will say, though, these guys are doing okay, but the crowd could not care less.
0: What, so, right after that slam, he starts to go for the figure four, and Tim White breaks it up. They're in the middle of the ring. He just grabs the feet out of Jeff Jarrett's hands, says something yeah. to him, and then they just move on to something else. It's the weirdest th- I was like, what was that?
1: We're in the middle of a legal battle with Ric Flair. He's uh, <laughs> he's sitting <underneath laughs> of that maneuver. No, I don't know. I Yeah, I don't know. I have no explanation. It Unless so Tim, Tim White was probably like, hey, you guys only have x minutes left well, that's what like, i was
0: wondering i was like did they have earpieces at this point maybe he's like right. they're yelling at me to tell you to stop this and move on <laughs> yeah
1: yeah you ain't got time for the figure four guys let's go
0: instead jj grabs a sleeper oh, and yeah exactly so we sit in that for a minute venus with the sleeper uh, count- counters jj hits a suplex uh val counters a suplex and hits a belly-to-belly of his own both men are down it's it's hilarious because they both go down. Venus starts to get right back up, and he sees that Jarrett's still laying there, and then he goes, oh, fuck, and he lays right back down. Yeah. <laughs> um, Val then with right hands, an inverted atomic drop, a clothesline, a big fisherman suplex, but no, Jeff Jarrett still kicks out at two. The crowd chanting that Jarrett sucks as he counters and dodges in the corner, climbs up top and hits a diving crossbody, and is like, this match is over, folks. One, two, no, no, he kicks out... Uh, Val kicks out. JR says it was one of the longest twos he's ever seen. Uh, we get a power slam from Val, and JJ is stopping him. Val slingshots JJ's head on the ropes and drops him to the floor. No, yeah. by
1: dropping to the floor, not drops him so, to the floor, but you know, like yeah, where you're like exactly holding yeah. on and you yeah. jump down. hmm. Yeah. Tim White's taken out. That's just what happens. <laughs> the ref is down. Tennessee Lee, ha ha ha, racks Val Venus on the top rope and that allows Jeff Jarrett to deliver a superplex. Um, Val, though, counters a figure-four attempt into a pin, but only gets a two-count. Uh, but there's more confusion. Tennessee leaves on the apron. J- J- Double J is pushed into him by Val and then rolled up for the one-two-three, and your winner, Val Venus.
0: Yeah, man. And so. we, we didn't... Like, I just stopped writing down that... Uh, Yamaguchi was saying the same thing again. So right. here's him, like, kind of just giving us his 99 3 regurgence of everything that he had to make a point about. Uh, and he yeah. says it right after the match ends. Hey, hey, you,
2: you know, Val, Val, he should be, he should enjoy this victory. But after tomorrow night, he will never be the same because we're going to show the Kayetai style. Understand, Chad? I understand there, Mr. Uh, Yamaguchi.
0: I understand that, Mr. Yamaguchi.
1: (laughs) JR is just like, get this guy away from the announce (laughs) table, please.
0: But Val grabs a microphone and decides to address Yamaguchi himself. He goes right after him. He calls him short. Um,
1: Which is just mean.
0: Then he says, your wife was right. You'll never measure up to the big Val Boski. And... that's it. Yamaguchi's mad. He leaves and we get another winner Val Venus graphic as, for like a split second as he's getting off the ring. It's a weird timing thing with the production.
1: Yeah, Val Venus, this was he was somehow had managed to make sex tapes with various members of the roster's family members over the course <laughs> of his history and that led to like angles with Kin Shamrock and others. It's like how yeah. how did you manage to do this? The Val Venus stuff too is I don't think Brian Pillman would have done this character, but there's for some reason it doesn't feel as scummy when Val Venus hits on your wife or your girlfriend as it does when, with some of those Brian Pillman angles in like 97 with gold dust and stuff. That's
0: true. I think just the the character of Ven- Val Venus is so over the top that right. it's just one of those things that I th- it was just... Enter- it, for some reason, you just want to like it, and I don't understand why, but like you don't feel sure. like that, like like you said, that kind of scummy nature of it that, like, Pillman really brought out. Like, Pillman yeah. was... I mean, that's... And he did it on purpose, you know? It wasn't oh, yeah. like he wasn't, you know... And so, when you look back at it now, obviously, it's way over the top, but he was good at what he was doing, but it... Yeah, like you said, this is a little bit more fun, I feel like. Somehow... Because no, I remember as a kid, like, when I first heard about the Val Venis character when we were playing the video game, and they explained to me that, like, oh, yeah, he's a porn guy that's, like, slept with everybody's wives, and... <laughs>
1: Like, like, oh, okay. he's, the, he's the coolest wrestler ever. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> uh, now, the other thing, like, Val Venus, though, is also is uh, one of probably won't be the last people on this show that are complete pieces of trash nowadays, though, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've heard he's not the best. Um, no. But anyways, so let's go
1: back to the arena to match number two. <laughs> Just because somebody likes weed doesn't make them cool. Yeah. Um, yes, match number two it is the newly crowned European champion, we'll get to that in a moment, D'Lo Brown, along with the Godfather, taking on X-Pac, who's accompanied by China. Yes. Keep an eye on that, Hunter. Um, Anyway, yeah, we see, uh, we go back to Raw Monday, in fact. I wish they would have done this on the pay-per-view, but anyway, they didn't. Um, It was Monday Night Wars. D'Lo Brown won the European Championship from Triple H after help from The Rock. um, Yeah. And yet, this is the beginning of, you know, the D'Lo Brown European Championship. You know, they go up like peanut butter and jelly kind of a relationship here, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's very much, it's a clear, like, move where they're like, all right, Triple H is moving up the card, so right. get now, rid of this.
1: I'm not saying everyone's going to like this, but I will also say this is the end of the European Championship's relevance as well, though.
0: Yeah, well, that's another thing. It just felt like you know, even when it was on Triple H, it felt like it was kind of starting to lose well, no, its relevance. I feel like
1: it was, but I mean, if you like, you know, you had Bulldog, Sean, Sean gives it to Hunter, you know, yeah, Hunter loses it to D'Lo Brown so.
0: <laughs> in a, in a match that was just to set up another a non-title match that had nothing right, with that title right. belt. It was it was it was definitely
1: yeah. the end of it being because Bruce Richard talked like the beginning of it. It was specifically to be like. Something that Davey would take, yeah, on, on tours, the big tours, yeah, and it was a big deal, you know. And they presented it kind of like how it was, and you know. And then of course they, Vince Russo doesn't care about championships, so you have yeah. that going for you.
0: Well, the crowd pops sure. for the uh, X Pac music at first, but then kind of milds down very quickly here.
1: That's pretty much uh, X Pac's career in a nutshell. There, at least at this point, you know what I mean. China's
0: is like, so much more over than he is at this point. Like they want to see China wrestle this match, not him.
1: China, China is maybe second, maybe third in overall popularity in the company behind probably Steve Austin and Sable, <laughs> to be honest yeah. with you. Well, because The Rock hasn't even really caught fire yet. People are still mm-hmm. kind of looking at rock side-eye. You know what I mean? Like They haven't really embraced that character. So, yeah. um, Jim Ross, of course, cause can't wait to tell us all about D'Lo Brown being a registered CPA. He's an accountant. <laughs> it's like it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, he's a heel for one thing. So like pumping up him, like, you know, being a really smart guy or whatever mm-hmm. doesn't make a lot of sense here. Cause he's a bad guy. Yeah. And it also, but it also doesn't exactly sell him on being a tough guy. Like no offense to all the accountants well, out there, but I don't think accountant successful professional wrestler, yeah. Like I don't Jim think Ross, is hand, in hand.
0: but I don't think that Jim Ross in the role that he's in would be like trying to make, D'Lo out as as a tough guy because he's sitting here criticizing him for wearing the chest protector. Right, that also happened, yeah. uh And uh, very much upset because it was over three weeks ago. He should have been healed and he still got it on. And I was like, right. damn, we're only he- three weeks from that getting
1: out, underway. Yeah. And again, another fun reminder of one of those things where everyone thinks of D'Lo in the chest protector. I had forgotten how he was put in the chest protector. Mr. Dan Severn is uh. the one who stretched D'Lo and tore his abdomen or pectoral <laughs> pectoral muscles. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. And that's why we begin, we're in the chest protector, and now it's just a thing.
0: Well, D hits a shoulder block and just talks all kinds of shit. The fans mm-hmm. chant D sucks. King randomly throws in his memory of Sable once again. And uh <gasps> JR says, You having a hot flash? And he goes, They're not hot flashes, they're power surges. And I was like, Oh Jesus mm-hmm.
1: I'm sure he stole that from an episode of Designing Women or Golden Girls, probably.
0: (laughs) There's some X Pac sucks chants uh, that come out. Uh, X Pac responds by grabbing a headlock. Uh, We think it's a leapfrog and a hip toss by X Pac. D Lo leaps in the air and hits a leg lariat style kick for a two count.
1: Yeah, but X Pac does things. He does everything in that, like, obnoxious X Pac way. Because even, like, when he grabs the headlock, he, like, everything's like that. Like he's always like vibe, you know, like fucking <laughs> yes. like vibrating and shaking his whole body with stuff, you know. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, the and- beautiful dealer Brown uh, leg lariat X Pac with a kick to the face after Brown had caught his other foot. So nice little innovation there. Xbox and- racked in the corner when Brown avoids him as he charges in. We then get a reverse chin lock because it's time to slow this short match down. Apparently.
0: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of headlocks and chin locks in this match for some reason.
1: Yeah. Um, well, it feels like this is probably also like based on what happened Monday. Like, Hey, you and you, you're yeah. going to have a match pay per view and figure and, it out.
0: And the announcers are treating it as such. They're basically just spending their entire time talking about Sable. And, uh, this one I just have in my notes is like, all right, because of JR's comeback, that was worthwhile. I'll, I'll, I'll let it pass King.
2: sable believe me her dressing room is hot Woo. you know, a lot of folks have overdosed this viagra thing. You better take it easy.
1: <laughs> i do at least like and G- the king never has a comeback like no anytime jr cuts him down about his age or you know calling him uncle jerry and things like yeah. that they're just driving him crazy like king's just like oh sh- shut up shut, <laughs> shut up shit. like you know because he doesn't really have it, i guess or like because i love when he, like, he doesn't do it so much at this point but like when I, you know, like when I was in 97 and King was first starting to kind of get pissy about the Jerry's kid and Brian yeah. Christopher and all that stuff, then, like, the King would insult, like, Jim Ross, like, you couldn't pick up a woman, you know, doing some joke, and Jim Ross just every time would be like, I'm married, King, like, I don't care, <laughs> like, you know, it's a, JR, just, JR is like Teflon, he's like, nothing the King no. can... King can't game on anything.
0: So mid headlock, there's the D-load sucks chants. There's lots of those. Um, yeah. and then the fans just start chanting China, 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 like the whole And it's, it's so much louder than all of the chants that have happened so far. And that's when I was just like, right. Oh, okay. There's something to this. And every time she's outside of the ring, at some point, they're going to chant for her. Um,
1: yeah, they were crazy hot for China. That's for sure.
0: Very long headlock spot. They trade bad looking strikes in the corner. X-Pac dodges a charging d and we're told that D'Lo refused to sign a contract for this to be a title match. That's why this is non-title here tonight. Um yeah. Delo dodges the spinning wheel kick and hits a diving knee from Brett's rope and then locks on another chin lock. Cuz we need more of
3: those.
1: I will say like we're maybe focusing on the negative a little bit. Too. I actually like this match and these guys oh, yeah. like when they went like you know they went hard and it was comparatively good to the first match I really like this well, match. Yeah true yeah exactly <laughs> um it's a very brett hardish like match it's duh, 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 you know move, move 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 come here let's talk this out move 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 move, move. <laughs> headlock let's talk this out like you know which yep. is, it can be fine but you're right it can also be a little repetitive um brown had a kick scouted from x pac and then went to brett's rope and delivered a knee drop for a two count um back to the chin x pac escapes the jawbreaker D'Lo cuts off his comeback and went up top it missed a moonsault. Mm-hmm. I don't remember a lot of D'Lo Brown moonsaults, and after seeing this one I think I know why. Um <laughs> Brock with a spinning heel kick and then the Bronco Buster. Which I don't think was over yet because they go to like a picture in picture replay of some crap yeah. that happened before this, and I'm like, he's doing the Bronco Buster. Like, is that I guess that didn't matter yeah. yet. Like they don't really react to it, so
0: Yeah, I don't know what what was going on with the timing of that. That was very strange there. Um, China though is distracting the referee, which allows the Godfather to come down and hit a cheap shot. So way to go, China! Uh, right. A sky high sit out slam by Delo Brown, and he pins Xpock one two three. So the Euro champion defending strong here with the help from the Godfather.
1: Which the thing about the and Conrad corners Bruce on these all the time, and he always just gives some BS flipping answer. But it's like if you had if the champion was Going to win the match, why not make it a title match?
0: <laughs> yes.
1: You know what I mean? Like, it, 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 they it, want it, to
0: make sure that you know that D'Lo is a cowardly champion and not a fighting okay. champion. So. Sure.
1: All right. I guess I'll accept that. Um, yes, yeah, so this is a Attitude Era pay-per-view show. There's no time for anything that happens as soon as that bell rings, pretty much. You yeah. get replays, a little bit of a celebration, and then it's you know, well, out of there.
0: And that, but And we this, do
1: have a spotting, though, in the crowd.
0: Yeah, just about that match. But first, I just wanted to point oh. out, like, I thought, like, overall, it was not a great match. It was ugly early. But then once they got a rhythm, I thought it yeah. really came into its own. And I, I enjoyed it. But it's like every other Attitude Era match. There's outside stuff that influenced the finish. Always. Uh,
1: Always.
0: But yeah, there's a, there's a spotting. We just see a brooding edge standing there and not famous enough that anyone is bothering him whatsoever at this point. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like, it's either they were implicitly told to get the hell away from him, or like you said, nobody cares. I feel like they had to have been hard on those people, because if there's anything we know about wrestling fans, all they want to do is put their hands out and rub you. Wherever they can manage to get their hand on you, they just want to rub you. That's what what wrestling fans like to do. I don't get it. I don't get it myself.
0: King says Sable had no tan lines, meaning that she does everything under the sun.
1: Um, Which... Again, I hadn't heard that dirty joke and it was kind of funny.
0: <laughs> now backstage to who is it? It's New Japan's Kevin Kelly. And he's in the WWF.com video booth. They're doing okay. god awful video. If there's one time when we go back here and they're gonna show us a shot from above a, a camera a TV or a computer monitor, and they yeah. will you'll see the like 12 by 12 video feed that they are putting out there and it is like choppy like as they're zooming in you see it like just clipping as it's going and it's awful but yeah he's with why dr tom pritchard who's going to give his opinion on everything going on tonight
1: it is this is a brief moment for tom pritchard here Uh, (laughs) because he was at this time like basically the matt bloom you know, an NXT or something like. He was the head trainer. Okay. For the WWE. like he was the guy that Edge and Val and Ted, like they all went okay. through. Like you know, kind of like he's you know, he was very, he was like the top trainer.
0: He's dressed like that '70s guy, Mike Awesome here.
1: Oh, I know. It's bad. <laughs> and this is the beginning of a fairly annoying storyline over the course of the night. I don't know. I wish they would have got Leslie Nielsen back to this look is for so the weird.
0: Why did we have to have this like ra- like? And the Undertaker doesn't even address it. He doesn't like no. it's 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 like it didn't. It's like almost like it was really happening, and they were unsure if Undertaker was coming tonight. So this,
1: <laughs> I get. Yeah, like, and I also so have to, I, I have to mention Kevin Kelly's mustache. At this point, he was mm-hmm. trying try to rock the stash. So way to go.
0: Yeah, Doctor Tom Pritchard is. They're worried that Undertaker might not be here tonight, but he is assured us that he will be here tonight because he's never let the locker room down. So,
1: well, and they also, when you watch Raws and stuff like that around this time period, they're very quick to call out WCW for BS promotion of main events oh, and okay. having the endings not happening on. TV. You know, they always mm-hmm. so they better not have the Undertaker <laughs> not show up after he's been advertised. You know.
0: Well that brings us to match number three. This one uh a tag team match that they kind of start the entrances and then we'll go to a promo very quickly, but it's Farouk and Scorpio battling Terry Funk and Justin Hawk Bradshaw. And I think it might be just going by Bradshaw at this point. Uh yeah. but we go first, after Farouk and Scorpio just like run down to the ring, we then cut to Terry and Bradshaw standing backstage and JR is kind of interviewing them here. And Jared says, you know, on paper, you guys really don't stack up to these two. And uh, <laughs> Terry's like, oh, hey, Jr. Uh, it's not about what's on paper. It's, it's just about what's in your heart. And uh, then he, he reveals this.
2: Hey, Jr. what's on paper is not always important whenever it comes to professional wrestling because it's what's right here in your heart. And I'm going to make an announcement right now that this is going to be a, my last match in the WWF for a while, a for a while, for possibly six, <laughs> six months, Yeah, six months. Six months. I'm going to take off because I've had a rough go up here against Mick Foley and the WWF competitors. And I'll tell you what, my batteries need recharging. Recharge your batteries. Yeah, I'm going to recharge my batteries. I'm great. Gonna... <laughs>
0: It is one of the weirdest segments I think I've ever seen. It's just so... It feels real, but it also feels so strange.
1: It is truly in an... It's just wild. This whole match is wild. Like, this is (laughs) four people at very weird points in their careers here in the summer of 98. You've got, I'm not Flash Funk anymore, Scorpio, Uh who... Hasn't quite found the job squad yet. Not that that's like great, but it's something at least that he's a part of. You've got poor Farouk, who actually went out and got new gear made. Yeah. He's got a new theme song. <laughs> you know, he's looking. You know, he's, the, things are going to be getting better for him here, and they're not because I mean, he literally, like the Rock, just emerges and they just kind of push him out of the nation. They're like, "Yeah, yeah. we're we don't really have anything for you." <laughs> like he was the leader of the nation of domination. The biggest oh. faction of like early ninety seven, you know, basically until DX forms, I and they just have they just treat him like crap. When when it was
0: revealed that Terry Funk and Scorpio used to be partners, right. and that that this was happening, and then the Bradshaw stuff is happening, I thought for sure we were going to see like the coming together of the acolytes here now. Like they're just both going to turn and just yeah. beat the shit out of them. But apparently we we're we weren't to that point yet. They hadn't figured out that these two should go together yet.
1: Yeah, and so it's that's just a funny weird intersection as well. Yeah, because Bradshaw is—I've lost Barry Wyndham. They yes. stopped pushing the new Blackjacks. So I'm still wearing this gear oh, like a goober. That,
0: like he looks like su- that's—I have that in my notes. Looks like such a goober with these chaps over his trunks, especially when there's not a matching guy next to him.
1: Exactly. And, <laughs> and, and so no, and it's funny enough that you mentioned that because that's exactly how Farouk and Bradshaw kind of come together. Is it was. I ain't got nothing for you. Or they ain't got nothing for you. Yeah. You guys should form a tag Because initially, they're you know, they some of the first members of the Ministry of Darkness, which that angle's mm-hmm. coming up later in the year 98. But do you know who managed them when they were initially put together? No. Don Callis. The Jackal. Oh, ah, okay. That makes sense. Which I've always thought was kind of cool. And I mean, I've seen the promos because I think he pops up on a Raw or something. And it's like, it could have worked, but... You know, then they just decided, like, yeah, or we could put him with the Undertaker, and yeah. that also worked. So, so King, so yeah, is, Terry Funk announced a retirement announcement. I don't know, probably twelve <laughs> at this point.
0: So. <laughs> well, you know, I'm gonna take maybe six. I might take six. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, King says that was lousy timing by Terry Funk, and it's like, yeah, King's right. He's the bad guy here. What's going on? Um, Bradshaw just stares at Terry Funk their entire entrance, and it's kind of great. Um, yep. King loses it about how a tag team is a marriage and you shouldn't keep secrets from your partner, which I'm sure King, uh, probably shouldn't be thrown yeah. stones of uh, Scorpio versus Bradshaw to get things started. And, uh, it looks, we get a wide shot and there are, I felt bad for him, but there are so many fans heading to the, st- to the concession right. stands here, man. Lots of movement in the background. Nobody's sitting down. Uh, right. Back elbow by Bradshaw. He stares down Farouk before going for a pop-up power ba- power bomb. But Scorpio counters that into a Hurricane Rana, and tags in Farouk.
1: Yeah, and uh, we're told Bradshaw and Scorpio have both recently qualified for the Brawl for All. Oh boy, what an idea! So we all, so we all know how well that goes over dark side of the ring episode about it for god's sakes mm-hmm. um it's a good yeah, one Scorp- <laughs> yeah it is, uh, Yeah. so in comes farouk uh he beats jbl up in the corner uh bradshaw comes back delivers a close delivers a clothesline did, did farouk do spinning mule kicks often like what was that i'm telling you man farouk was out here trying to shine like he had big plans <laughs> for his future and unfortunately nobody else you know saw that yeah he's doing new moves new gear new music goodness Just didn't work out. Um, Bradshaw with a top rope shoulder tackle, and uh, that would allow him um, to, you know, on, on I'm sorry, on Farouk, and then Terry Funk tags in. It's a hangman's neckbreaker. Um, Farouk comes back with a backbreaker, covers for a two. In comes Bradshaw, who goes up top. Um, uh, Farouk, though, able to is able to escape Terry and hits a power slam on JB on Bradshaw as he came off that top rope. So impressive yeah. stuff there from Farouk. Who makes the tag to two cold Scorpio.
0: I mean, those are two big dudes. Like, the, to catch yeah. him and then turn around into a power slam. That was impressive. I like that spot oh, yeah. between those two. That was good stuff. Um, yeah. Funk's yeah, on fire. You mentioned it. Scorpio comes in, slams Bradshaw. Terry Funk shakes the ropes and crotches Scorpio. However, uh, superplex for a two count by Brad. I did like the way that Terry Funk does that though. He's just mm-hmm. like falling down and like, King's, King just goes, it looked like he was just falling over, and it, was, <laughs> it does look like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Superplex for two by Bradshaw. Scorpio delivers punches mid-powerbomb, and it has no effect. Bradshaw just powerbombs him and gets a two-count. Uh, Funk throws Scorpio to the floor and throws him into the barricade. He then falls onto Scorpio on the floor, acai-style. Like, it looks like he was trying for a moonsault, but then just instead yeah. does like a... Like, jump out and keep your arms held down and then let go sort of a thing
1: did like a vader bomb yeah like a vader bomb onto the floor exactly Weird. yeah it was something
0: it was weird uh jr says terry is not a man you want to go skydiving with no so he's not trustworthy farouk breaks up the pin scorpio with a weird ass splash and gets a two count there's some people's chanting with like a boring chance and i was like i kind of feel it but at the same time they're not this isn't too bad of a match
1: Oh, it's just Attitude Era stuff for you there. I yes. mean, if it wasn't Braun Panties or Stone Cold Steve Austin, they just didn't really give a shit.
0: We get a diving leg drop, and the match just breaks down. Farouk and Bradshaw battle on the outside, distracting the ref. Behind them, a 450 from Scorpio, and he just holds on to the p- the pinfall, and the ref eventually turns around and counts at one, two, three, And okay. your winners are two Cold, Scorpio and Farouk. And so, goes out on his back like a true veteran.
1: That's right for the 25th time um, post-match Bradshaw is of course upset with Terry. <laughs> what are you doing? Terry got to get out of there. Bradshaw delivers a clothesline on Terry Funk. In fact, rather vicious that would bring Scorpio back to ring to back to the ring to help out. This is what and I thought it was a- happening,
0: man. I was like, Oh, fruit's going to come down and right. like join in and just beat down on him for helping defend Terry Funk.
1: Unfortunately, yes, not, not just yet close just not just yet um yeah so he gets a clothesline for his trouble on the outside unfortunately which probably hurts even more and then farouk's like "Oh man, what the hell did i do he gets a charity nails farouk with it it's like <laughs> damn yeah yeah jr calls it. dog comes away though good looking like a crazy so, yeah Bradshaw comes away looking strong here
0: yeah they play his music as he walks to the back jr calls it a truck wreck
1: <laughs> why not just a car crash all right
0: uh <laughs> Funk is angry as he goes to the back as well. Jim Ross is shocked at the actions of Bradshaw. And, uh, yeah, there's a sign that says, Sapita Brothers, once again. Um, and so we're, we're looking at the announcers here. The, I can't stop looking at the people in the front row because I, if I was this man in the front row, I would have ripped this fucker's sign in half. This guy behind the front row guy keeps taking his sign and dropping it in front of the face of the front row uh.
1: guy. Like, just
0: completely covered. And it's just like a stencil of an Undertaker logo. Like, it's not even that impressive. Like, what are you doing, man?
1: Uh, Well, yeah, courtesy was not in uh, an abundance at this point at wrestling shows. Uh, King, of course, again, for the 12th time, describes Sable's bikini. Yes. He just loves to get it in there. And then we go to match number four. It's the man they call Vader taking on Mark Henry.
0: Yeah. And when we talked about uh Mr. Valvenus looking green in a match oh. Mark Henry man in, in Vader is furious about it very early on oh, this. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, this,
1: cuz this is also like Vader is done. Oh, okay. I mean? like, this is the this is one of his last matches in with the company at all. Like I think he gotcha. has He has a match with like uh Kane and maybe Bradshaw and like, he, But he's just jobbing out Pretty much at this point point. And this is also at this point We're only weeks removed from the uh, When he loses the mask versus mask Match to Kane or whatever mm-hmm. That's the like, famous thing when he rolls out of the ring And he says I made the biggest mistake of my life <laughs> Maybe Vader time is over I'm nothing but <laughs> a piece of shit A big fat piece of shit And he says oh, that to Mike God. Boom, Right after that yeah. match so, and that would lead to this match with Mark Henry. He'd have his final pay per view match against Bradshaw. And then his final WWF televised match was a loss to Edge on Sunday Night Heat in Goodness. October. Oh, yeah. They just whew, job his ass out. Well, and look at him, too. He's not, he yeah. doesn't look good here. He's not in good shape. So,
0: No, that's true. Um, JR, though, is trying to sell it. Are you ready for the Battle of the Bulls? The big boys are about to battle. And I just tell you, there's a lot of nation representation on this show so far, man. It's like every match. I mean, Farouk, obviously not still in the nation, but right. it feels oh, yeah. like there's that connection because he's still got the gear and everything from the right. split. Um, but yeah, we're told that the nation is 1-0 tonight as Mr. Henry comes to the ring. JR tells us Henry has a 900-pound squat, 900-plus-pound squat. I didn't write down the full number. Also, deadlift and 900-pound bench press. It's like, oh, okay.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Those are all numbers.
0: Yeah. They charge and hit stomachs twice to get the match started. Fans chant for Vader. Uh, Jim Ross calls him the Rocky Mountain Monster. And they immediately botch a scoop slam attempt. And then they just immediately do it right. And Vader rolls outside and shouts, fuck.
2: And Vader... Ah!
1: He knows that he'd like to shove your cowboy hat down your throat at this point in his career. <laughs>
0: he looks but, furious, dude. He just, like, yeah. takes a walk for a second and then calms himself and gets back in the ring and takes his beating from Mark Henry.
1: <laughs> because it's like, you have to put, you know, you put look at things from the standpoint of Vader. Yeah. His company completely ruined you. You know, I mean, he goes to Japan and he's, you know, has a fine end to his career. But... You know, the big badass that came in from WCW in the mid 90s. And then, you know, at this point, you're being asked not just to job, but to job to guys that, listen, I love Mark Henry now, Mm -hmm. but Mark's not ready for this moment. (laughs) He probably shouldn't be in the ring, for God's sakes. And, you know, if you're Vader, you take a lot of pride in what you've accomplished. And to go out there and have to lose to a guy that, you know, barely understands the basics of professional wrestling, that, that would be a hard pill to swallow.
0: Dude. As soon as they get in the ring, Henry walks into him, and it's like this awkward, bad corner Irish whip thing where yep. like neither man is like fully like invested or whatever. It's real weird. Uh, but Henry continues to control the match with strikes. Like I said, he's kind of just jobbing out, like you said. Mark Henry tries a sunset flip, but Vader just drops down on him and hits a jumping splash for a two. Uh, JR says Henry is still in his mid-twenties at this point. Uh, Short arm clothesline from Vader.
1: JR is one of those people, like, as you get older, like, what you consider young obviously mm-hmm. changes as I go. Cause it's always like, at, w- at what point is it not impressive? Like, ha- when are you not, like, impressively young anymore? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're mid 20s? Like, ah, uh, you should probably kind of have that, sh- you know, you should start being that- getting that shit figured out a little bit. Like, how much longer are we supposed to wait on the potential of somebody, <laughs> you know?
0: Some short arm clotheslines from Vader. He dumps Henry to the ground. He throws Henry into the steps, and uh, King says, he's fought Vader, and those missed punches are worse than the punches because he just slams his arm into the side of your head. Knocks you goofy.
1: <laughs> Which is, yeah, that's, that's probably that's probably true, actually. Um, yeah, Vader tosses Mark Henry to the seal yeah, steps, big back in the ring. Vader's just pummeling Mark Henry. Yeah. Uh, Vader with a scoop slam. He goes to the second rope, and hits a splash. and only gets a near fall.
0: And Jim Ross says then, he's never seen anyone kick out of the second rope splash from Vader.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, and then it just kind of ends abruptly. Henry hits a running power slam and then a standing splash and covers for the one two three. Your winner, yep. Mark Henry.
0: Yeah, that that was when I was like, oh okay, they're done with Vader at this point. Like,
1: oh he's yeah. like
0: you know, the second half of that match, he got a little bit of a, a comeback there, but. Yeah, the ending is very quickly, it's abrupt, it happens, and then Henry flexes and shouts that this is his world as he goes to the back.
1: Yeah, kind of. We get the shot outside. I forgot to mention that this is the first time they showed it.
0: Yeah, um, it's the Hart
1: family home in Calgary. <laughs> That's <Albert>. Stu Hart's house. <laughs> yeah, King can't help himself but to try to make some jokes about Stu Hart, of course. Um, and that will be the site... Of the dungeon match taking place later tonight mm-hmm. between Game Rock and Owen Hart.
0: Which they're going to try to uh, pretend like it's live and it wasn't recorded earlier. That's why they're doing these outside shots. This is live from the Hart House, is what we're being You got to
1: appreciate their effort sometimes on things like this, though. That's true. Um, they try so hard. <laughs> yeah, this um, is where we back get the- to Kevin Kelly and Dr. Tom.
0: Yeah, this is when we actually get to see Vince Russo and Vince McMahon standing in the background of this WWF.com set.
1: That cameraman was probably fired immediately.
0: And uh, this is when Dr. Pritchard tells us that he has to believe that Undertaker's here, man.
1: The
3: Undertaker,
0: he has not yet arrived. There are people searching not only the arena area, Tom, but
3: also throughout the city. Well, I've got to believe no matter what the circumstances are, the Undertaker will be here tonight. He's not going to let the fans down. He's not. He's been known to not let anybody down in the dressing room before, and I believe he's got to hey, be here. We've, we've got to keep looking wait wait until the match goes in the ring.
0: All right, well, there's some... Uh, Activity. Oh, 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 oh,
2: there's activity all right. There's activity
1: all right. That is Team's music. <laughs> if, you if, if you didn't know before that moment, Jim Ross hates this backstage segment stuff with Kevin <laughs> Kelly and Dr. Tom. Like, that yeah. was the impression I got at that moment. Is, yep. I don't think, because I kind of agree, I don't think it's great from a pacing standpoint. No it's like i like getting in-
0: kevin kelly involved I, he, I, yeah. I i even in this early stages i like him as an announcer but yeah. and as, as like a backstage guy but why are we just like doing the it's like when we cu- would cut away to you know watch christian and booker t break down the middle of the pay-per-view like
1: why are we doing this right exactly yeah it's nobody wants this here if you're doing this stuff online fine i know they're trying to promote it and also like you know god love dr tom but there's a better version of Dr. Tom probably 10 <laughs> feet away from him, I and mean, his name's Bruce. And yeah. He'd probably be a whole lot better in that position, but whatever. you know. Uh,
0: and this, this is what I thought was going to be match number five, but it's just the tag team champions coming out here for a promo segment so that Paul Bearer this, can do some talking.
1: This is also the kind of crap you only get in this era when they would give you <laughs> TV segments on pay-per-view. Like, it just... Yeah. When this you is put, ridiculous.
0: When you put Kane... And Mick Foley at this time in his life, right next to each other, because they both have the curly long hair. They kind of look like brothers. And when you put the red lights on them, I was just like, this looks like these guys are supposed to be from the same family.
1: Right. Yeah. Paul Barracore says the, Tiger doesn't want to wrestle Kane. Yeah. He wants I to knew stay it. In one- <laughs> yeah. Uh, he wants to stay in one piece for SummerSlam. Um, and then, like, we're gonna make the biggest star in the company inconsequential to the main event, apparently, because he tells Austin that he's just in the wrong place at the wrong time and really has nothing to do with any of this. Yeah. So, oh, great! The world champion's just kind of hanging out, apparently.
0: Well, yeah, you know, our beefs with Undertaker, but you know, right. sorry tonight, Taker's not gonna be here. He's a coward. Um, and then the New Age Outlaws hit the ring. <sighs> oh, you didn't know? And the crowd goes nuts. Uh, they come out immediately. Say, "Cut the music! Cut the music!" Road Dogg says, "Since you're so confident, surely you'll accept a challenge from us for those belts." And he said, and the fans start cheering wildly as he continues, "Tomorrow night on Raw is war." And then they, they don't go as nuts anymore.
1: <laughs> Which again, the whole problem with this is like they're involved in a tag team title match tonight. Mm-hmm. And you're making matches for tomorrow night. I thats just,
0: what the problem with these these in your house pay-per-views, man.
1: It's no, like, I mean, bro, I mean the the swerve. You know, they they want you to think that that means they're gonna win, <laughs> but we got a big one for them at the end of the night.
0: Oh goodness!
1: But yeah, yeah. Um, but Billy they just attack them it Looks like they're taking too long to make up their minds, and so he and the road dog begin brawling with Kane and Mankind. Uh, r- referees and officials try to break up the melee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter's caught in the middle of a brawl between Kane and Billy Gunn.
0: <laughs> we do like the whole Umaga Cena pull apart segment with like yeah. break apart. Then one man gets free. Then we break him apart again. And...
1: It's classic. That's how they yeah. Uh, but King and JR then begin talking about the taker getting some of those Austin walks out vibes from J- from JR here when it comes to taker you know like hey taker ain't a coward. He's you know, heartbeat <laughs> of the locker room. He wouldn't just take you know, he would not he doesn't say this, but I was right for me. He wouldn't just take his ball and go home. Yeah. You know, like he's yeah. He's, basically, he's basically having that conversation here about the Undertaker.
0: So. Uh, he's John Wayne. He's John Wayne. He's gonna be here. He uh,
1: stops just short of the John Wayne comparison. Did you think. notice does it? he say it? Does no, he, he doesn't say it. Oh, no. Okay.
0: Okay. The sign behind them is a uh, Turner Suckett sign behind uh, the announcers
1: there. Proving that even in nineteen ninety-eight, people took their passion of wrestling to the corporate level when it came to their <laughs> feelings about these companies. Like who cares about Ted oh. Turner?
0: But then they, f- they, f- they flop it out for an RIP J Y D sign. So I'm guessing he must've just passed recently this time as well. Um, that's right. So yeah, we see highlights from raw where Hawk didn't show up to help animal fight. Paul Ellering's new crew, the DOA, which are the Harris Nazi brothers. Um, and they beat down on Animal. They tried to run him over with the Titan bike, which we're told multiple times the Titan bike, not one of those nasty oh. Harleys like that WCW company works with.
1: Um, they were so deep in Titan's like business at this point, you get like Titan commercials are still built into like the raw episodes on <laughs> the network around this time. So, goodness, they were all in with the Titan.
0: And but yeah, instead of so they like finally hawk runs down to save him but all he does is save him from the motorcycle thing because then they just right. the other guys just beat down on both of them
1: yeah this is uh the earlier stages of probably one of the most distasteful angles in like WWF history as far as the
0: oh with the hawk stuff
1: yeah exploiting yeah. Hawk's, you know real life problems it's like jeff
0: hardy but he was currently going through it at that time <laughs>
1: jesus yeah You can see it on his damn face. But yeah, that takes us to match number five.
0: Yes, match number five. It's Eight Ball and Skull, the Disciples of the Apocalypse with Paul Ellering riding their Titan bikes and making Undertaker very, very uh, (laughs) just envious there, Um, taking on the LOD 2000. It's Animal and Hawk.
1: Yeah, they've already lost Sonny at this point. It's (sighs) all been, you know.
0: I texted you. I was like, is this really Hawk or is this somebody that they have pretending to be Hawk? Because this looks like real bad, like bad shape Hawk here, man.
1: Yeah, Mike, I think it's Higginbottom or something like yeah, the real life Hawk was not well at this point, you know? And in that wrestling way, let's try to maybe help him out by, you know, shining shining a light on on his issues. (laughs) It's it's weakness. We
0: got to dominate it, Tony. We're Vince McMahon.
1: (laughs) Yeah, DOA is uh, you know, they're coming off their run in '97 and early '98 with chains and crush, and those two have both moved on. You know, Brian Adams I think was in the NWO at this point, and okay, chains Chains was back on the Indies. I don't know what happened to Brian (laughs) Lee, but yeah, so it's just it's just Skull and A Ball, and they decided to bring Paul Ellering back. Yeah, like. It's it's that occurrence with this company. Every now and then they they bring Paul Ellering back, and they like to act like the fan base all know who you he know
0: is. who I am. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, no, Paul. Doesn't matter how many times you come back and tell us oh. that we know who you are, we still don't really know who you are.
0: So LOD two thousand, they've got their shitty hockey masks as they uh, come to the ring here. The spikes, yeah. the spikes don't look too bad, except for like the the airbrushed sayings on the back where it looks like a fucking garbage pail kids card. It's yeah. just, isn't great. Um, the uh, the Nazi brothers come down and we get very clear pictures of their SS tattoos. So which
1: that's great, I didn't, which I didn't realize until I was doing some searching after you had texted me about it. They had those when they were the blue brothers, like even that mm-hmm. new Gen era when they had the wild long hair and Dutch Mantel managed them it's like just is same, that from before this or after this? This is well before that. That was like 94.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that
1: was years before this.
0: Wow. So, yeah. yeah. Um, This match gets underway here. Uh, Eight balls in the or Skull and Animal, I think, get the thing started. Uh, Eight ball and Skull, I get mixed up constantly in the announcers. I didn't
1: even even bother.
0: Don't bother either. Um, Eight ball, at some (laughs) point, cheats behind the ref's back. Animal starts off in full, uh, being beaten up. Like he's just immediately being like needing a hot tag mode. And I was like, Oh, we're jumping to this part of the match. No, we'll still get that part of the match. But <laughs> But for now, that's where we're at. Uh fans are chanting for the LOD. We get a double team elbow drop as the ref chases Hawk from the ring. Animal ducks two clotheslines and hits a double clothesline on both men. Hawk them with a dive from up top, and that's when I'm like, Is that Hawk? <laughs> Animal comes yeah. back in, hits a drop kick on eight ball, and then they hit a heart attack for a two count.
1: Yeah, which was kind of cool, but weird at the same time. Um, Hawk with the neck breaker and tags in Animal. We get a slam from Animal, followed by an elbow drop for a two-count. LOD then with Did a double-team back elbow. Yes.
0: What'd you think of the uh, back of Mr. Ellering's jacket where he's advertising his .com website, Mr. com,
1: which is I available
0: right now if you want it.
1: I think it was a gimmick. I don't remember what his deal okay. was, but... <laughs> Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't think it got over or it worked out all that well, because I don't remember much about it. Gotcha. Uh, Hawk's delivering chops in the corner, and then falls out of the ring after missing a spear, so his shoulder hits the steel ring post, and he falls to the floor. Um, he's then sent into the steel steps, and Paul Ellering then begins beating the hell out of Hawk on the outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's sent back into the ring, we get a snapmare and a leg drop on Hawk for a two count, and then it's chin lock time. Goodness.
0: Yeah, and the announcers are talking about how Ellering is obsessed with this whole ordeal, and the DOA are working over Hawk for way too long. This is the point where I'm, just, I'm, I'm not in this match. Like This match kind of sucks. Right. Hawk is seemingly blowed up, or he's just not good at selling. I mean, he never had to sell, but he finally hits a desperate back-to-back clothesline and then a hot tag to Animal, We get suplexes for both men, clotheslines one to the floor, then throws Hawk into the corner, and they call for the finish. They hit it. They pin him one, two, but no, it's broke up by the other DOA member. And then Ellering gets popped by Animal, a DDT from the illegal DOA man, as they pull a twin magic, and they (laughs) hit the one, two, three for the win. Your winner's the Disciples of Apocalypse. Yeah. So the inspirations to the great Bella Twins, the Hall of Famers as they are.
1: Yeah. The Disciples of the
0: Apocalypse.
1: You know, LOD, just another victim of these times, it feels like, of taking something that was so popular. Oh, it's like the Vader
0: vein? Yeah.
1: Yeah, like, and just here they are, just squeezing the life out of it, you know, (laughs) trying to get those Harris brothers over, you know, those young upstarts.
0: Yeah, Jim Bra- Jim Ross has to explain the twin magic and like King is is denying it and then like Jim Ross shows him the video and King's just like <laughs> he just go- King goes, "Oh." And Jim Ross go- gets all fired up and goes, "Oh, okay. Oh." <laughs> <laughs> to, like make fun of him. It's good stuff.
1: Cuz he's the king, he's supposed to bring it. JR's mad that he just said, "Oh," and that was it, I guess.
0: Oh, so now as they're leaving, here comes Mr. McMahon and his
1: stooges as yeah. well as Sergeant Slaughter. They don't even let them walk backstage before their music. Like,
0: I'm so glad that they came out because did you notice that we get to see the fact that Jack Doan is the man that drives the uh, Titan bike, bike back to the back afterwards.
1: <laughs> I know. I was like, I was, I was surprised that the refs drive the bikes back. That was funny.
0: Yeah. Oh, but man gets into the ring to booze from the crowd. Of course, you know it's 1998, so we're coming off of the Brett screwed Brett stuff. Vince yeah. says it's a shame that Undertaker is no showing tonight. And he reminds us to, if he doesn't show up, to not blame Vince McMahon, but blame none other than Stone Cold.
3: If the Undertaker no shows here, don't blame Vince McMahon.
2: He's right, it'd be Stone Cold's fault.
3: Thanks, Keenan. The blame <laughs> will clearly go to one deserving individual, and that individual is stone-cold Steve Austin. Yes. Ooh. I get the logic of that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, so, yeah, and then he proceeds to, like, talk about how, you know, if you remember the fine print on any of the ads that you've seen for tonight's show and you bought your tickets, uh, the, it does say subject... To change the card, that is. Uh, and then he says, with that in mind, I want to read to you from your program tonight. And Vince uh-huh. gets out his cheaters and <laughs> puts them on as uh-huh. he and Sergeant Slaughter then look at the, uh, the program. And he says, you know, that the promoter, which is me, uh, reserves the right to provide a suitable substitution should someone not show up. And he says, I'll introduce that man to you right now. It is none other than...
3: As his tag team partner to face Kane and Mankind in the event the Undertaker no shows will be the Brooklyn Brawler.
2: (laughs) What? what?
0: Oh, stop! (laughs) (laughs) I love fucking JR's response. Oh, stop!
1: Yeah, JR's not having any of it. King, of course, tries to say, "Oh no, you know, this is he should be just fine." Yeah. They have a similar fighting style.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jim Ross calls it pathetic. King says that's as good a partner as any, while also pretending to stop himself from laughing the whole time. Right. Uh, we're told that we're going to Stew Hart's Dungeon Basement now, however, as uh, we did see, of course, Brooklyn Brawler come out, and he was all excited because he might get a chance to be in the main event, but he won't. Um, no. Yeah, we go to the Stuarts' Dungeon for uh, match number six.
1: Yeah, match number six. It's the dungeon match. It's Owen Hart versus Ken Shamrock with special guest referee Dan the Beast Severn. Yes,
0: and I love Owen Hart's t-shirt, which just reads, and then there was Owen. All right. I do like that a lot.
1: Yep, no, that's a good one. Um, and it's also DP, despite their best efforts to uh, deny it. This is cinematic wrestling here. <laughs> True. In some of its earliest form.
0: Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Something that's uh, really become a, a you know, a hot topic here in 2020 with lots oh, yeah. of cinematic wrestling events. Uh yeah, this is kind of the the early days of that, I guess.
1: Yep.
0: But yeah. Yeah, Severn. Calls for fight. And uh they shoot the legs, they go to the floor. Owen takes well,
1: off. First, first I love that Ken Shamrock like enters like from a hallway or something like oh, that, you know what I mean? From like, like
0: the stairs? Where, like, they open the stairs and there's, like, coats hanging on the back of the door and everything. Yeah.
1: It's like, you're in his house. Like, if anybody should have got to, like, walk in, like, down the (laughs) stairs, it should have (laughs) been Owen, you know?
0: That's true. I hadn't thought about that. But, yeah, I also thought, that you know, it would have been a good time to throw in some, you know, music behind it. But they haven't gotten to that yet.
1: No. No. Uh, So, yeah, so this is pretty straight-up fight. Pretty much a straight-up fight here, especially early on, like you mentioned, with the double-leg takedown. From Owen, mm-hmm. uh, Ken, of course, the you know legitimate mixed martial artist counters immediately and mounts Mister Hart. Um, he puts a knee lock on Owen, but he's able to get to his feet. So you know, not yeah. exactly uh, easy going here for Owen Hart.
0: No, and they immediately like the big thing that is going to be like the staple of this match, or like the most impressive looking thing that they're going to do throughout this match is throws into the wall, and these guys just slam into these walls. You know, Owen. Yeah. Doing it, you know, it looks, I don't know if he's just hurting himself, but it looks great. Uh, he's just getting his head slammed into the walls, uh, thrown into the walls. Owen hits a spinning heel kick, however, to come back. Uh, Shamrock has his head slammed into the walls and it's still back and forth. Shamrock runs Owen head first into the wall. Owen fires off the wall and uses a water pipe up top to hit a Hurricane Rana in the basement. And then Owen gets thrown into the weights that are on camera side of the, uh, the room. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm feeling like there must have been problems during the live broadcast of this match, because the announcers keep going on about like they keep apologizing for technical issues and audio problems. Really, but, it, but it's like I don't notice. So they probably went back and fixed it all on the network. I'd imagine
0: that might be the case. Then, yeah, I don't. Right. They,
1: I don't have- there might have not been commentary on parts of this match or something. Okay. Uh, yeah, so Owen gets creative with the pipe. Shamrock comes back with punches and slams, like you said, into the weights. Ken goes for her crown of his own. Owen Hart counters with a power bomb, which is pretty ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, King made himself <laughs> the laugh. The fans
0: gasped at that power bomb on the floor. Like yeah. they're watching this on brutal. a screen, and like the, you know, they're not getting a whole lot of reaction. But when that hat hip, and you heard, you heard them all just like, oh! <laughs>
1: like, just... No, you're not wrong. Uh, King cracks himself up, asking if he thinks Stu's upstairs watching it on TV, which was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then sends Ken Shamrock into a pipe. Face first, oh, yeah, and puts the head of Shamrock through the roof and applies the sharpshooter.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff here. Uh, Severn's asking him if he quits, but Shamrock counters because there's no ropes to get like a rope break. Um, he just kind of rolls through it, gets a big kick to the chest of Owen, and then Shamrock hits a roundhouse kick to Severn as Owen ducked, and Owen hits Shamrock with a dumbbell from behind. Hart makes Shamrock's arm tap now as he's completely out cold, right in front of Dan Severn. And Dan Severn, like, comes to and I guess sees the hand tapping and just says, oh, there it is. He quits. And Owen is your winner. And cool. Owen stands up, says, you're done. I rule in the dungeon. And I loved him just, <laughs> I rule in the dungeon as he leaves.
1: <laughs> well, the other thing, too, though, it's like, I don't. Like, were there rules against him using the weights? Like, I I don't know that he needed to be sneaky about it.
0: Yeah, they never make that fully clear on what all is allowed and not allowed in the dungeon match. Other than that, it's a submission match.
1: Yeah. So... So, yeah, this match was... uh, I thought this was a lot of fun, actually. These guys... And It's um, not long. It's quick. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: You're in and out. It was... Like you said, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun.
1: But then we literally, again, because... They cram these shows full of stuff. We cut immediately to the entrance music for the next matchup.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the music just starts hitting for DX. And this is match seven? Yep. Match seven, a two out of three falls Intercontinental Championship match. It is Triple H, accompanied by the entirety of DX, taking on The Rock, accompanied by the entirety of the Nation of Domination. And The Rock is your current champion.
1: Yeah. So... Again, you just want to know the wealth, the riches that this company was dealing with at this point in 1998. I mean, your mid card feud is The Rock and Triple H, you know, and you have the entire DX and Nation involved. I mean, this was, Mm -hmm. this is why WCW couldn't compete. Like, yeah, you might have the NWO, but then what? And this,
0: this feels so much like when you like the years that these guys then got to the top, and then this match would be like your Eddie versus Chris Benoit match or something right in the middle. And it's right. it's very clear that those guys were going to end up moving up because they're just so good. And these two guys, they put on like the best match on this. Sh- I mean, this is not a show with great wrestling on it, other than no. this match. I feel like this one, I really enjoyed.
1: No, absolutely, I would ag- I would agree. Yeah, these two guys, almost at the top of their game, certainly approaching the top of their game, and so, yeah, a lot of fun to watch here.
0: And the fans are so behind DX here. They get real oh. loud when Triple H comes out. They yeah. boo the shit out of The Rock when he comes out. Um, JR says there's cameras stationed backstage so we can see if The Undertaker shows up here tonight. <sighs> Would you shut
1: up about <laughs> The Undertaker? Like, Good lord.
0: Finally get some Rocky sucks chance here early on, and uh, we're told that this was scheduled to be title versus title, but Triple H went and lost that belt, so sucks to be him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, Slaughter, of course, is out here to inform the nation and Degeneration X that they will have to leave ringside. Yeah. But we're told that tomorrow is Triple H's birthday for some reason, so there's that information.
0: As they're leaving, JR very quickly explains that, well, China's got her manager's license. They can't, they're not allowed to throw her out, so she'll be out here for the match.
1: Which people like you laugh at this at the manager license thing. Yeah. You'd be surprised at how long that was legitimate. Like <laughs> I was the thing Melter had written about like uh the show that I think AAA A and Portland wrestling did together in like the ni- mid nineties mm-hmm. with Tanya Harding managing. Oh, okay. or it wouldn't have been the mid nineties. Art Bar didn't live that long, but in whatever it was, Tanya Harding managing Eddie Guerrero and Art Barr in like a, a huge <laughs> match but she wasn't allowed to actually be at ringside because she didn't have a manager's license. Gotcha. Wow. So, you know, they actually were freaking serious about that crap.
0: So, you know, they're they're do- they're getting thrown out. And because it's the beginning of a match that's going to go for a long time, King decides it's time to talk about everything else on the show. So we start with the main event and then we're going to move on to Sable, but here's them comparing Stone Cold to the Brooklyn Brawler and I thought it was enjoyable.
2: The brawler, he's the kind of guy you hang- I a lot, you know? He drinks all the time.
0: It's filthy. like Just love how indignant Jr. is about this whole thing. You're how comparing you? the Brooklyn Brawler, to Stone Cold. Yeah.
1: How dare you? So yeah, the actions back and forth early on. Um, China would get herself involved, delivering a forearm to the Rock. Um, so and Triple H would attempt to, uh, you know, take advantage of that. With a pedigree, The Rock manages to escape that, with a back body drop. That crowd
0: roared when she hit the cheap shot to The Rock. Like, they oh, were so yeah, excited for it,
1: man. No, absolutely. Yeah, Triple H then sent Rocky to the outside. The men the men begin fighting towards the entrance. Uh, Triple H delivers a slam on the concrete floor to The Rock, mm-hmm. and it slides him into the ring. And I liked The Rock with the orange Cassidy move here. He just... Did the full <laughs> roll all the way back out on the opposite side of the ring to the uh, to the floor. Fans were not happy about that. No. That's a great heel move, though. Yeah. Um, Rock would then counter a whip attempt, sending Triple H into the steel steps, and then he would drop the giant nose of Hunter Hearst Helmsley across the guardrail.
0: Yeah. And that's when we get the big Rocky sucks chance. Fans are not happy with this. Uh, oh. Triple H hits a swinging neckbreaker counter, however, when Rocky telegraphs a backdrop back in the ring then a vertical suplex, then a knee to the face of the Rock as King decides, now's the time to discuss the Brooklyn Brawler again, and uh, brings that up. Uh, Uh, Triple H with a big chop in the corner, a few of them, then they do the Triple H hard whip tumble to the floor spot that he stole from Ric Flair. Uh, Rock then hits... What's that? Shawn Michaels. (laughs) Shawn Michaels, well, then Shawn Michaels stole from Ric Flair, I feel like.
1: Yeah, Uh, Yeah, that's true.
0: Rock hits a suplex on the floor to Triple H and they fight near the ring, and here comes Mark Henry as we get the beginning of our interactions of the uh, outside
1: factions. Yeah, God forbid we just have a straight-up match here. Uh, Mark Henry actually would come out and deliver a splash to a down Triple H on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy Gunn, a Billy Gunn, little late, would come and run Mark Henry off. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then officials escort Billy to the back. So lots of distractions. China, of course, senses this, and... Uh, you know, would distract the in-ring official. And this actually allowed The Rock to take advantage and hit Triple H with the Intercontinental title for a near fall. So yeah. uh, it backfired on her that time. With the, uh, It backfired on
0: her earlier with X-Pac when she tried to distract the referee. It's, it's not worked out well. She needs to figure out a new uh, strategy here. Triple H, H with wrong. a swinging neckbreaker for another two count. And then here we have King trying to talk about Sable, but forgetting who's in this company still.
2: Ooh. Well, that ro- what do you, say, huh? you don't. You just. You're confused, aren't you? are confused are not you you have huh? been mesmerized since I'm you saw. When you, you see you'll tournament. be confused. You'll be a babbling idiot. You don't like to talk about sex, do you,
3: Jr. Well, that match is next. As a matter of fact, that bikini oh. it's not a match, but it's a bikini contest oh. that I think could get physical before it's all said and done.
0: Sorry, I thought I forgot the, to set that up. Yeah, just before they started talking, that's when he's he confused the people and called it Sunny. He can't wait to see Sunny in, in her bikini here tonight, and then he goes, yeah. "Oh, not Sunny. I mean Sable."
1: Yeah. Oh, speaking of Sunny, DP, she got arrested again.
0: Oh, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. So way to go. But I, or...
1: I will say though, I will say, despite how awful of a human being she is nowadays, I'm a Sunny over Sable kind of guy.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I I can see that call.
1: Not now. No. But, no, yeah. You know. It
0: seems like Sable's a much more stable person at this point. Um,
1: <laughs> well, you know, Brock doesn't let her come outside, so it's hard to tell.
0: Rock with a headlock while we wait for the announcers to discuss the bikini contest. King asks if he should take his Viagra now or in a few minutes, because uh, since it's coming up, uh, the announcers... <laughs>
1: what are you even implying? Like, is is Viagra
0: like... new in 1998? I don't know oh, when yeah. that was... Because oh, like, yeah. they're so and... into talking about it.
1: Well, it's new and if anybody was going to think that boners are funny it's professional wrestling so of <laughs> course it's going to get a lot of play here in the early days so
0: oh, the announcer's tell us that due to tv time remaining this this match does have a time limit so they late, make sure to let us know that it's like, we're on a pay-per-view guys what are you talking about because You're of not, tv time yeah
1: <laughs> if you yeah oh it's just ridiculous so yeah jr tells us that we are 15 minutes in yep so, uh, we got that goodness a uh, rock grabs an extension
0: cord and chokes triple h and i was so excited to get another version of the announcers talking about these cords and what they were going to call it but they just never say what's happening like jr is not happy with what's happening but he doesn't tell us he never like calls the action here as they're outside of the ring here he just they're just talking about other stuff uh, but the two have a slight miscommunication but the rock ends up hitting a float over spin around ddt and then locks on a headlock so they can get back on the same page
1: Yeah, they kind of screwed up the lay and the smack down there. Um, After we take our break, Triple H's arm doesn't fall three times. Um, Rock would still cut off his comeback attempt, slamming his face into the mat for a two. Uh, Hunter does fire up, beating Rock up in the corner before hitting a running knee to the face. Uh, Rock, though, would uh, hit Triple H across the top rope. Hot shot. You know, he hot shot Triple H across the top rope. And then here comes the Godfather. It's like, good guy, But this time, for the... Olympic-level powerlifter, monster of a man, Billy Gunn came out and chased him off. The Godfather somehow gets the double treatment as both outlaws this time. <laughs> I feel like they need to themselves involved.
0: I wonder if, if both outlaws were supposed to be involved in the last one, and, like, Road Dog was eating catering or something, and they... Uh, probably. Shit. Uh, that match, too? Okay. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, they just so finger-wag so him to the back. But what?
0: They finger-wag him all the way to the, like, oh, yeah, yeah, up, exactly. back of the yeah, stage.
1: Yeah, the good guys, yes. DX. By the way, Jesus Christ, uh, Rock would then distract the referee, and that would allow D'Lo Brown <laughs> to come to ringside with his European Championship.
0: I'm so uh, curious what keyed off the distracting of the referee because, like, if you watch what's Rock's doing, like, it looks like he's threatening to kiss his bicep, and the and the, the referee's just like, "No, you don't! Don't you dare!" Like, I, I don't have, know what they're doing.
1: I, <laughs> I have no idea what the hell was going on there. It was weirdish weird, really kind of strange. Um, And Triple H would actually fight D'Lo off, Mm -hmm. but this would allow the distraction, allow the Rock to take advantage, hitting a rock bottom for the one, two, three, and the winner of the first fall is the Rock.
0: Yes. And And we're going to have a minute of downtime after falls, and the announcers tell us this very quickly, but I love how salty JR gets that Fink is late to tell the uh, in-ring, or the announcer, the in-fan, the... People that are there in person, that's the word I'm looking for. In person, yeah. fans. Yeah.
3: Well, that rock bottom up. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now in a one minute rush period. Duh. It's right on top of things. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, again, God forbid somebody talks while JR is trying to talk. Duh. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's hot about that. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, the rock is fresh when the uh, 60 second. Grace period is over and these men fight to the outside. Um, he's
0: rock. he's as obscene as ever. Uh, that's one of the things that I love going back and watching The Rock though, is that he is the dirtiest mouth in the business. Like it's like the young, like not the young bucks, but the uh, the gorillas of destiny, like right. in New Japan. And it's just one of those things that I never knew about until I started really watching these matches. And like even the announcers here are like, "Oh man, we can't repeat what he just said."
1: <laughs> <laughs> Rarely can you. Uh Rock catapults Triple H into the Spanish announce table. And uh the king of all people is offended that DX encourages kids to say suck it. <laughs> that, that bothers his morals and values, apparently.
0: Oh well, I'm pretty sure I heard one of those little kids tell him fuck you, but I it was oh. like there were some little kids with some pretty bad language. But yeah, there was mostly just suckets from that entire family of of kids and mom.
1: Right. Uh, We get a a people's elbow inside the ring. Uh, Not yet a finisher. Only gets a two count over Triple H. Um, (laughs) Double clotheslines, and both men are down. So you know what that means. Time for shenanigans. Here comes (laughs) D'Lo.
0: He gets up on the apron, but China stops him and throws him into the barricade. So then X-Pac gets in the ring and hits the X-Factor on the rock. But the ref was jawing with China. The rock (laughs) kicks out at two after the three count. Uh Triple H grabs a chair, brings it in the ring, and The Rock cracks the ref after Triple H ducked the re- the uh, chair shot there. So the ref is down. China sees this as an opportunity, and man, she comes in, and as she's getting on the apron, it is like the roof is blowing off the place. She comes yeah. in, low blows The Rock, the crowd losing it as she DDTs him on the chair and the ring, and Triple H hooks the leg. The ref comes to, they one, two, three, pins the rock, and we're back to even one-to-one.
1: Yeah. I mean, she's so wildly popular at this point. It's not that hard to believe. You know, when you hear the stories that SummerSlam 99, they damn near put the belt on her. Yeah. Which, yeah,
0: exactly. Like, when you see this, the way that the crowd is just, like, so behind her, even before they're putting, like, a shine on her at this point.
1: Mm-hmm. But, yeah. It's, so, yeah so, so the men are tied it's one-to-one, we go to the third and deciding fall. Um, Which,
0: JR, make sure to tell us. We'll, we'll update you how much time remains. We, we don't have clock technology here in 1998.
1: Yeah, because, you know, we wouldn't want would to cancel something like, I don't know, say, a pointless bikini contest <laughs> in the name of competition here. Let these guys have as much time as they want. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. We also had to have a Vader squash and an LOD squash on this pay-per-view. So, yep, think uh, tells us there are two minutes remaining in this matchup. Yep. I was like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. Uh, well, that, the reason there's no clock is because
0: they also aren't committed to like actually following any of these times that they say. It's just no. whenever these two go home, that's when it's over. Um, so yeah, the rock kicks out two minutes remaining. Triple H takes rock to the floor, clotheslining lining him onto the ramp. Uh, King baits Ross into calling
1: this a slobber
0: knocker. Like, he's just like, don't you think it's a, uh, and he's like a slobber. No- yes, it's a slobber. knocker." <laughs>
1: all right it's like yeah we we get it
0: triple h hits a clothesline a two count we get a one minute remains time uh but rock hits the samoan drop but only gets a two they trade big right hands we're way over a minute later triple h hits the pedigree covers but hebner says no man match is over what are you doing uh time expired mate and the bell just rings and china's even just like what
1: well because the the thing is is that Hebner just doesn't even try to start making the count before the bell rings. Yeah, he's just like, no. It's like, who told you that? Yes. No one's talked. You haven't talked to anyone. <laughs> How do you know the time's up? Like, yeah, they just make that shit up at the end.
0: Oh, see, yeah, uh, the match it really
1: took a match that was like damn good, and it just really kind of. Pissed it all away there at the end.
0: I, that's the one good thing is I knew going into the show that they went to a tie because I happened to look at the f- the Wikipedia beforehand. So going right. into it, knowing that it was going to be a tie, I was just looking for, like, how good of a job are they going to do to make this into a good tie? And I thought that they did a good job here. But as True. you said, if you were wanting, like, resolution, they're not giving it to you. This is all building for either TV or SummerSlam. So
1: Well, they have the ladder match at SummerSlam. So. Yeah. So the yeah, nation, the nation, of, yeah, good. The, na- the nation, of course, come to the ring and begin beating up Triple H. That would bring DX out. And we have ourselves a big old brawl. And DX runs yeah. the nation backstage.
0: Now, are we, we're before, because the DOA is just now coming in. So this is before, like, their no, no, no. gang warfare stuff, isn't it?
1: No, gang wars are over. Gang like, wars are over.
0: Okay, oh, so this is their second version of gang wars, then.
1: Pretty much. So, like, in 97, you have... You know, the Truth Commission, the Nation of Domination, Los Bariquas, Disciples Mm -hmm. of Apocalypse, all that useless crap that goes on throughout 97. Um, And then in like 98, you know, like things start to kind of dissolve and break down. Gotcha. But throughout that, the Nation and DX kind of... Just continue. ...establish themselves as like the main factions in the company and they feud throughout 98. So
0: the disciples aren't necessarily new. It's just that Paul Ellering being with them yeah. seems is seemingly kind of new then. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think once the other two left and it was just chain and eight chain, or I'm sorry, skull and eight ball. Yeah. They were probably just like, I don't know. What can we do to make people give a crap? And they're like, ah, am bringing this other bald guy and see how that goes.
0: So now we go back to the WWE.com to get more words from Tom Pritchard about, he's just sure that undertaker's eventually going to show up here. And, uh, then in the middle of that we cut the footage of Undertaker arriving as he comes in looking like Biker Taker
1: because he's not in his well, gear yet. Well, the thing the thing that bothered me about that a little bit though was that all night, all this taker talk and when he's getting he's gonna be here, we got a camera crew ready. Yeah. Just to find out that this in fact happened during the last matchup, and they <laughs> didn't tell us that he was here as soon as it happened. Yeah. You didn't why didn't you have Jaron the King tell us that? That is so they show true. us what happened during the match.
0: Oh, that's true. That is really weird. Um So yeah, that's he's here, so you don't have to worry about Brooklyn Brawler anymore. Yeah, thank um, God. And then we get exclusive footage. I guess this is for the DVD release of this pay per view or whatever.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Uh, it's the Rock leaving. Um he's you know, he's with D they're walking on their way out, and uh th- th- in the background somebody was just eating Hardee's in the uh, semi entrance way of this arena. Delo bobs his head the whole time while he's standing next to the rock, and the rock leaves. Um,
1: yeah, well he says he dropped his, he dropped his powder puff ass.
0: Yes, that is exactly what he said. <laughs> oh.
1: and then we get the hype video for Sable and Jackie's feud.
0: This is a very long hype video. They it's show amazing. us everything that these two have been talking about, basically. Um, but here's the beginning of it. It's it's not great.
2: But a tramp. Why don't you prove it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and how DP are they going to prove who is superior uh, in a bikini contest? Yeah. So Jacqueline the is yeah. the person that came up with the idea, right? And the other thing too is, it's like you didn't—you didn't cut that up. Like, no. That's how they cut it up. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is Jerry Springer's show. Mm-hmm. 101 like whenever they talk about how russo and ed Ferrar would just sit there and watch jerry springer yeah and then write the tv it is pretty obvious sometimes
0: oh that that is even like produced like you're watching a jerry springer like yes. recap like there's like the cutout like it's like got that jumpy replay thing that they do with yeah. like the music oh, yeah. playing in the background I told and her
1: i'm not the father
2: he is the father i don't care yeah, what he exactly said. you I'm look at family. his eyes
1: trying to bother me lately about this like yeah it's <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, so so yeah. since
0: the announcement of the match, or since the announcement of the contest, um, Sable was then on commentary on Raw and said, the suit I wear is going to make the suit I wore to the Slammies look like an evening gown, and they show us a recap of the suit she wore to the Slammies. And uh, Jackie talks shit about Sable needing liposuction and losing some pounds, and called Sable a skank hoe. And... Uh, it's, it's it's a lot, man. Sable says her bikini will be fully loaded when she drops the bomb
1: on Jackie. Which, that's just gross. Sounds like she's going to like poop in her bikini or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fully loaded when she drops her bomb. This, this diaper is fully loaded. Um, yeah, it's gross. Goodness.
0: Uh, yeah, they show the tail of the tape then, which was done by Lucas. I don't I know if mean, there's a Lucas character at
1: this point, but... You asked me that, and I was like... Was it sponsored by something called Lucas, maybe? If it like, was,
0: they did a terrible job telling us what that is.
1: Well, because the other problem, too, is I remember when the Tale of the Tape was up, they were talking about something else, weren't they? Like, I feel like, isn't that when Dustin was getting in the ring? Well, or? Dustin's
0: getting in the ring, but they're talking about this Tale of the Tape. Okay. They're, okay. You know, we get to see their height, weight, their hips, their waist, their butts, and even their okay. bombs, according to this list. Right. Um, But yeah, when we come right back, uh, Mr. Dustin Reynolds is in the ring, and uh, he asks everyone to bow their heads with him.
3: Please forgive these hopeless, lost souls about what they're fixing to partake in, this bikini contest. I ask for you to shun them away from the evil, from Satan. I ask you to reach your giant, loving, caring arms down. Hold everyone in this building and everyone watching in TV land around this world today. Close their eyes and make them see the inside that you love and you care, Lord God. In your precious, holy, sweet name. Amen.
0: I, I've I've heard your precious holy name. I mean, I grew up in the church. I've I've heard all the variations. I have never heard the word sweet thrown in there, and it made me laugh so much when he said your precious holy sweet name.
1: <laughs> yeah, this character is one of those things where it's like I think in this era it could have worked, but from yeah. everything I've kind of heard, it's that Dustin was just not not really in, into any, it. Well, well he it was, just his his life was in gotcha was a mess at this point, and so like. I don't think he, his heart was all the way in it. Because this greater power he talks about, mm-hmm. can you guess what it, what it ends up being? Who? He comes back as gold dust. <laughs> and they're, they're just like, hey, he's gold dust again. Yay.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because he, uh, he ends by saying that uh, you got to get ready for the Messiah because he's coming back. Oh.
3: And yeah, folks, now remember, I have to say this the Messiah is coming very soon, so you better get ready for him. All that king. Well, I'll tell you what's coming very soon, and we're gonna get ready for it right now. It's
2: called the Bikini Contest!
0: Woo-hoo! There yeah, you go. Nineteen ninety eight,
1: folks. He's like a child. Yeah, it's match number eight. It's the bikini contest. Jacqueline, along with marvelous Mark Marrow, taking on Sable. Yeah.
0: I'd forgotten how short Jacqueline was until they showed the tail of the tape and they listed her as 5'7", and then when she got in the room, I was like, oh yeah, no, she's like as tall as the ropes.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much.
0: Uh, but before she yeah. can reveal her bikini, because apparently they're going to do it like in turns, I don't know, they act like Sable's being rude here, but it seems like you would introduce them both first anyways.
1: Yeah, I feel like this was a production, like, I literally think the king was so excited <laughs> for just to start that he forgot to introduce Sable.
0: Because her music just like hits in the middle of like Jacqueline yeah. about to remove her robe to show mm-hmm. off her bikini. And then all of a sudden here comes Sable in a t shirt that's cut into a dress. And she's got to yeah. sell that Sable Bomb t shirt. Yeah. And uh, then King says, All right, Jacqueline, show it. And uh, they kick off some music. She has a very revealing bikini on. It is just straps on straps on straps, and yeah. uh, she's you know dancing around, shaking her butt to this music, and uh, yeah, if you shake too much in, in, in little straps like that, eventually w- something pops out, and, and it does. She just like completely flashes the entire crowd with one of her uh, her uh, boobs popping out there,
1: which and they still boo her. I was just like, <laughs>
0: I mean, they they cheer that moment. But when True. they when they do the, the judgment zone, yeah, yeah, then they boo her.
1: Yeah, I was just like, alright, whatever. Um But Jared does say, well, it is pay per view, so Yeah, good lord. Uh they go they only get worse. This is the beginning of their distasteful era. <laughs> uh the king is disappointed by what Sable shows off when she takes her t shirt off. She has just a very conservative top ha- on, I guess you might say. She has
0: the exact top she was wearing before she removed right. it for King. In the beginning of the show.
1: Yep. And then Sable, because if there was one thing that was hot in the summer of 98, it was feuding with the boss. Sable, (laughs) a lot of people forget that Sable was all like dealing with Vince on a weekly basis, just like Austin was for a short time. So uh, she tells us that Vince told her it would be in her best interest to dress conservative. Um, But she knows all us people aren't watching to see conservative. Yeah. She tells us this is a WWF pay-per-view and anything can happen. And this is live TV and there isn't anything Vince can do about this. Yeah. And if this and I mean if
0: you're at all if you've been around wrestling for any length of time, I feel like you are shown this at some point. Like it just it it's right. it's constantly in all like those OMG moment things, all the right. videos like this oh, yeah. is a moment that is very famous, and I didn't realize that it happened on Fully Loaded. So, like, when this was all happening, I was like, oh, Jesus, this is like that that moment yep. here.
1: Yep, Sable reveals the handprint bikini um, yes. over her breasts, and this sends everyone into a frenzy.
0: Dude, Jackie sells this so well, though. Like, she's in the background and has, like, the oh, best yeah. facial expressions. She's the best.
1: Yeah. yeah. She's great, and great, yeah. the king's great. The crowd lose their freaking minds. I mean it it got it was it was quite you know, it's a it's a moment. Absolutely. And if you
0: check out our Twitter or the, the show notes, you'll see the image of there's there's this little kid who's sitting in that like corner seat that's kind of generally <laughs> known as the best seat in the house for WWE because that's where the camera's always gonna go by as the announce the you know, the wrestlers come to the ring. Yep. It's right there in that inner part, inner corner. It's just a little redhead kid. And man, he is in the background losing his mind at what he is seeing right now with this woman just like completely naked almost with just these like stickers on her boobs.
1: Yeah, it's, it's Jim, Ross's, of
0: Jim Ross's fucking line. That's the dad gumness thing I've ever saw in my life. Jesus. <laughs> the dad oh,
1: gumness. Oh, what a line.
0: But here comes Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh, he comes down with his buddy, I think one of the stooges or whatever, he grabs a suit jacket, covers up uh, Sable, and a disappointed dad, Vince McMahon, walks her to the back.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Marrow, of course, and Merrow and Jackie are in you know are out you know furious because that wasn't an actual bikini. And I did mm-hmm. actually have to kind of stop and think it's like, well, you know what? He is actually kind of right. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, she's uh, she's the girl at spring break that was told right. you're not allowed to remove your top during the the wet t exactly. shirt contest, and then she did it anyways yeah. and got all the cheers. And it's, right. you have to be the the bearer of bad news. That's a disqualification. I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: no, you're not wrong. Yeah, no, he's he, they actually have a they, they're right. You know, she cheated. <laughs> Jackie did actually wear a bikini. Um, yeah, we go backstage, and I'm guessing this was probably dvd extra stuff too yeah it says exclusive footage
0: on the bottom yeah
1: yeah uh jackie busting into the locker room of sable um, officials breaking things up and i'm sure that won't be oh. the last we see of those two
0: and in a trend we see still running into today we get the make sure to get that bitch out of this <laughs> like she hits uh, the bitch so hard
1: Oh yeah, they love the B. Yeah. They they yeah. don't skanks and hoes was what they used during the promo, but yeah, they, she's just a B at this point.
0: They love the B, the GDB. Uh so now time to hype the main event.
1: Oh, you goddamn bitch. D, you goddamn oh. bitch. did so <laughs> the GDB? I just always think of Dennis that, when he starts putting uh, Oh
0: man, on that's D. a good reference there. I was I was going with community. She's a GDB. Uh
1: Oh, I got you. Yeah. Love it. Yep. You're right.
0: So, yeah, so now it's time for the main event. Uh, Undertaker gets involved with Austin and Kane match with Mankind involved at some point during this hype video.
1: Yeah. Before we go to the hype video, though, we have to watch Jerry the King Lawler sniffing the T-shirt of Sable. Oh, I missed that part.
0: I didn't see that. I apologize. Yeah. So Uh. there's that.
1: Anyway, go ahead.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, these guys all four got involved. Taker busted him open, giving Stone Cold the loss because uh, yeah. it was a first blood match, I guess. Uh, then a rematch on Raw and Stone Cold hit the stunner and pinned the Big Red Machine for the title. Um, Stone Cold said, since the two of you are so hell-bent, or no, Vince McMahon said, since the two of you are so hell-bent to get it on, you two will face Kane and Mankind in a tag match, play. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. It wasn't quite <laughs> as overdone at that point. But yeah, tag team, um, you know, uh, they're unlikely partners. And then you know, Vince... Vince wonders if Taker's aligned with Kane.
0: I love, I love that that is like Vince's like conspiratorial ways. Like in the in the coming weeks, he keeps you know he he you know he corners him and you know are you in cahoots with Kane? Are you in cahoots over there? Are you are you you know, cohorting with him? And uh, we get Taker dressed as Kane at one point in the yep. middle of all this. Uh, each man helping the other in matches. Stone Cold yep. says he don't care. He's gonna beat two or beat three asses regardless at the uh, fully loaded show.
1: I mean that's the thing about the Steve Austin character. Like I don't even know if that would be accepted nowadays because that was just him with everything. I don't care. I'm going to beat you up. Like nothing <laughs> phased the Steve Austin character, you know what I mean? Yes. Like it's just Yep. So it, it it only can work for so long as we found out. So
0: and that brings us to this match 9.
1: Nine. Yes, Main sir. Main event,
0: match number nine. It's a tag team match for the World Championships. It's your tag team champs, Mankind and Kane with their manager, Paul Bearer, battling the two renegades that are trying to ruin the company, The Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin.
1: Yeah. I also just didn't love... They were already in, like, Undertaker's old man mode. I felt like too much on this show with Jim Rossick. Like, he's the conscience of the WWF. It's like... Yeah. He's the... You know, Minister of Darkness. At this point, he's, like he is—he's
0: already the phenom, not, the conscience of the of the locker room.
1: Like he's not old man Taker yet, guys. Like, geez. Uh,
0: Stone Cold flips off Undertaker here early on. Is just dominating Foley to start with strikes and a suplex. Um, Austin with a thes press on Kane. He pounds on him with punches, but Kane escapes the stunner and powders to the floor. And Austin chases him down and punches Kane in the face. Uh, then taker tags in he delivers a short arm shoulders like just like running his shoulder into the man, and then a Russian leg sweep on Kane and then he gets up and flips off stone cold and it 's a great moment with Stone yep. Cold just like laughing about it and uh the crowd reacting big it 's good stuff
1: oh, yeah, awesome moment there um rare breaking of character from the undertaker, not that he completely broke character, but just for him to do something like that, yeah he's kind of out of character um. Mick, i'm sorry mankind tags in taker with a splash in the corner followed by a splash in the opposite corner uh old school from the undertaker as he walks the ropes mankind though would catch taker with a back elbow and slam him into the turnbuckle kane with a blind tag and then he hits a choke slam on his brother the undertaker before squeezing the head of the undertaker <laughs> a, a menacing squeeze Oh man, I missed
0: all of that. I don't know what I was looking at, but my notes it literally said Kane tags in, nothing memorable." Mankind back. In. <laughs> There's
2: a
1: yeah, choke slam. Cho- I did not he- notice that. Because then, yeah, <laughs> Kane chokes the Undertaker in the corner, whips him into the uh, opposite corner, and before tagging Mankind back into the match. So,
0: so he takes a choke slam, and then Mankind comes in immediately hits the double arm DDT, but Austin yep. breaks up the pinfall. So. There you go. Uh Some tag team wrestling there. Mankind clotheslines Taker to the floor, where Kane attacks. Mankind misses a leap and lands hip first into the announce table.
1: It's yeah, it was brutal. Gross. Well, he didn't miss. Austin knocked him off the apron.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I just saw ran the, leap into the ropes, and he just hit the big table there. So Taker backdrops Mankind, but Kane attacks again. Well, uh The thing about
1: Mankind though, Mick, at this moment, so he takes an absolutely devastating. Bumped on his hip on that announce table. Yeah. Doesn't even lay there for but a second before he has to be back on his feet to get back body dropped on the floor by The Undertaker. Yeah. And then he's right back in the ring. Yeah. And The Undertaker hits the giant DDT on him. (laughs) I mean, just brutal, man.
0: Oh, so Taker worked over by Kane at ringside. Austin tags in. Big punches for both heels. Crowd's loving it. He stomps Kane in the corner. Taker takes Mankind to the floor. Uh, squisher from Stone Cold and then a chair to the face. And he pins him one, two, but no. Kane kicked out because the ref didn't start counting right away after that chair shot. A uh, Big boot by Kane. And uh, King says that that's a momentum stopper right there. But we get some Austin chance as Mankind attacks him on the Spanish announce table. We get back in the ring. Mankind's choking Stone Cold with the ropes and gouging at his eyes. Kane stomps a mud hole in Austin and whips him hard into the corner. But Stone Cold fires out of the corner with a clothesline and strikes for both of the g- bad guys. Uh, but a back elbow and a tag. And they prevent the tag to Taker. So the bad guy's kind of working over Stone Cold here. Yeah, oh, Taker and- is... And sorry, Jim Ross tells us, Don't worry about getting your tickets, folks. SummerSlam's already sold out at Madison Square Garden.
1: Thanks, I guess. It seems odd. Um, Yeah, so Steve is...
0: Sorry, because right after that, King says, Yeah, that that main event would be ruined if these two win the tag titles.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so Steve is, you know, at the mercy of these two monsters. Um, He fires up with a double clothesline. Uh, Mankind would bring Kane back in. He slams Austin, hits a leg drop. Austin is in the wrong corner, getting double teamed. Uh, The Big Red Machine with a choke slam on the world champion. He goes looking for a two stone. Austin, though, manages to slip off the back and delivers a stone-cold stunner to Kane. Mankind would run in. Austin hits a stunner on him as well. Everyone is down. Undertaker is watching from the apron. Uh, Kane with the Michael Myers sit-up. And stops Austin from making the um the tag. Uh Taker reluctantly makes the tag. It looked as if he wouldn't. He then does. Yeah. Um he takes out Kane and Mankind, chokeslams Kane, chokeslam on mankind. He hits the tombstone on his brother for the one, two, three. Austin would prevent mankind from making the save. And your new tag team champions are the Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin.
0: And dude, for as much as this is like, you know, nowadays, this is your raw main event going into the pay-per-view or something like that, you know, two weeks before the pay-per-view. But this, like the fans were losing it when Undertaker finally reached in and took the tag and just went on that hot streak. And then the, like the tackling of mankind during the pin, like they were so psyched that these guys finally came together and won this title.
1: No, yeah, it's great stuff. The match is really good as well. Um, and yeah, you gotta love the atmosphere. So yeah, fun stuff here. Good main event, and, and uh, Undertaker would leave with both tag titles. Well,
0: he fucking won the belt for him, so he well, came in, yeah. you know, saved Austin, saved his ass there at the end, and uh, won. But yeah, Austin's mad about not having the belts. But as we see him angry, Jim Ross is just telling us, "Good night, everybody." <laughs>
1: Because we don't have any time. Yeah. Because they booked this shit up and, to like the last second.
0: And even though we've been like throwing to Raw like all night with other events, he says, "See at SummerSlam, not Raw. See at SummerSlam."
1: Oh, I'll bet he caught hell. <laughs> oh, I, I would be surprised if someone didn't tell him why that was wrong. So.
0: Well, but overall, I thought the show's not great, but it's not terrible either. It's a product of its time. It's insane right. focus on Sable's boobs the entire night, but true. There is some highlights here, and the main event was a heck of a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it wasn't a hard show to watch by any means. Um, Again, the frantic pace at times is is frustrating because you had so many dumb matches. Yeah. You know? Yep. So it's like when things like Rock and Triple H have to get rushed because we had to have Scorpio and Farouk fight Terry Funk and Bradshaw, (laughs) you know, a main event on Shotgun Saturday night, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Just, there's a lot. There's just a lot of odd choices. Like the Mark Henry Vader match was also like, well, it just didn't. It didn't feel important that Mark Henry got that win. No. You know, he's Not like really. a nation lackey. I didn't feel like, oh, now he's going to go on to bigger and better things. It's like no. Yeah.
0: So as far as uh, individual match ratings, Tony, we always like to check out what Mister Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer himself, had to say about it, and we like to compare. So you got your star sure. ratings
1: ready? I do. All right, match number one, Val Venus and Jeff Jarrett. What did you give this? I gave this match up. Again, I felt like um, Val was being dragged through this by Jeff Jarrett, but it was still a decent opening match. I gave it one and a half stars.
0: Seems pretty fair. Seems pretty fair. Dave Meltzer, two and two, two and a quarter stars, it should be. Oh, Jesus, okay. Uh, D'Lo Brown versus
1: X-Pac. Um, probably the match that they should have opened the show with. Um, a much better showing here. I gave this two and a half stars.
0: I, I kind of agree with you there. Uh, Dave Meltzer, a little less, said 1.25 stars.
1: So that match is 1.25 stars. Yeah. But the Jeff Jarrett-Val Venus match was two and a quarter. Uh, I don't know, man.
0: I I, okay. I I don't know if he's a Jarrett fan. Um, no Farouk and Scorpio versus Bradshaw Funk.
1: You know, a fun mishmash of, like, you know, land of broken toys type of situation here. <laughs> yeah. Um, that had its moments. I uh, I, did, I gave it one star. That's
0: fair. That's probably right where I'm at. Dave Meltzer close by 1.25 stars. Um, okay. Match number th- four, Mark Henry and Vader. You kind of already talked a little bit about it, but what do you give this one as far as stars? It was
1: just sad more than anything else, you yeah. know? Yep. Uh, I gave this no stars.
0: Dave Meltzer, a half a star for this match. Disciples of Apocalypse versus LOD 2000. When you said matches that don't matter and probably shouldn't be on this card, this was the one I thought of immediately.
1: Yeah, I don't know how many times this has happened, but we have two zero star matches in (laughs) a
0: row So zero, Dave Meltzer gave it a little more than that, 0.25. So you get a quarter star. Uh, Owen Hart and Ken Shamrock.
1: I enjoyed this match quite a bit. I uh, gave it three stars. Hey,
0: ding, 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 right on the money. Dave Meltzer agrees. Three stars for the basement right. of Stu Hart. <laughs>
1: there you go.
0: The Rock versus Triple H.
1: Um, I Like you said, I mean, I think the ending was done well, but it was still a tie, and that's disappointing. <laughs> um, So that did take away from the star rating a little bit. I gave this match three and a half stars.
0: Okay, all right. Dave Meltzer, pretty close, 3.25 stars. Um, And Uh, then your main event, Austin and Taker versus Kane and Mankind.
1: You know, the match was fun. The action was great. The crowd was hot. The announce... I mean, it's just everything you love about these Attitude Era main events. I gave this match four stars. I'd
0: probably be more in line with you. Uh, Dave Meltzer didn't like it as much as The Rock and Triple H or as much as Owen Hart and Ken Shamrock. 2.75 stars.
1: He's so petty. He's (laughs) just... (laughs) so petty like there, there's nothing better than this match on this card
0: yeah probably not probably not i mean i do really like the rock and triple h match in, in looking that's at close. it but yeah, yeah that's close but the fun of this one especially the end of it with the crowd yeah you got it i mean it's it just
1: and again looking at the 2020 eyes probably helps too because it's just we don't get to see things like this yeah you know it's Ever. all
0: been, well, this, so like, you, the whole, like, putting him in a tag team thing has been done so many times now that it's like. Yeah. Well, but I just even so... mean the
1: excitement level. Yeah. The, f- the, f- I mean, it's just, you can't even replicate it anymore.
0: So the inmates over at cagematch.net have this show ranked at a 4.63 out of 10 with 40 votes tallied. Uh, Eldana. Tallied. Wrote, tallied. In uh, the 23rd of January of 2014, he gave this a 2 out of 10, said, This show is a microcosm of all the bad parts of the Attitude Era. The wrestling was subpar. A lot of things were left unfinished, a.k.a. Tune into Raw, the free show, to find out what happens next. The Rock and Triple H got their first taste of the big time, and Rockwood received his bump up the card later in the year. Triple H got his the next year. Interesting, seeing them in baby steps. Actually, maybe more like teenage years here of their careers. The main event was just a vehicle to build up to SummerSlam. Everything else was totally forgettable.
1: Well, if you want to be a negative Nancy about it.
0: it. Yeah, I was going to say, he's got a lot of the same points that we said, but he just, I feel like right. he's a little bit more mean about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you do to be mean. Dan Talks Rasslin wrote in 2017, he gave it a 5 out of 10, saying that the main event for the Tag Team Championship was fun, featuring some of the biggest names at the time. Austin and Taker winning the belts together was an interesting development in their story. Rock vs. Triple H was decent, though outshined by their match at SummerSlam the following month. The Heart Dungeon was a neat idea and fun for the most part, but the end, with uh, Owen making Shamrock tap in full view of Severn, was kind of lame. Uh, Jarrett yeah. and Venus was the solid opener overall, though. This was kind of a middle-of-the-road filler event, and the main topic of commentary throughout the show being Sable's outfit uh, for the bikini contest shows that the company's priorities were there for that.
1: Well, so, okay.
0: Yeah, but a That's, 5 out of no. 10, one of the higher votes on the rankings for this show with Cage Match. It,
1: it, the Attitude Era is so divisive, man, because it's it like, if you don't watch it with any, like, nostalgia for it, you're just not going to get it. Really, for the most part, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. it just might not grab you because if you weren't in the moment, then it doesn't make some of those big matches and matchups don't really mean as much to you, you know. So,
0: yeah, you pretty much are only living off of the crowd reaction then kind of the way that we watch like the Hogan
1: years, I feel. Like. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Um. So, yeah, so that's our thoughts. That's other folks thoughts. That's kind of uh, the the end here that we're going to put on this uh this in your house Fully Loaded from 1998, which would drop the in your house for the next two years before being replaced eventually, I guess, by Vengeance, according to Wikipedia. Um, okay, but yeah, that's uh, that's Fully Loaded 1998.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, a fun look back at the Attitude Era if you're into that kind of thing. So,
0: but now next week, Tony, we're uh, we're kind of doing what's become a tradition for us here on the show. There's been about two shows a year that we kind of always make sure to grab on New Japan. And it's kind of their biggest shows of the year as well. The Wrestle Kingdom show, right. obviously in January. On the other side yep. of that is their Summer Slam every year down now in Osaka Joe Hall. It's, uh, it's NJPW Dominion. And this one's f- pretty fucking special because it is their first return to a crowd, well, a weekend return to the crowds here at yeah. Osaka Joe. Is this the first post pandemic in Japan, uh, semi return to having people in the
1: arena? Yeah, just under 4,000 fans Mm -hmm. were in the building on July 12th. And this is the first show also to take place following the New Japan Cup and all the fallout from the finals of that. You know, I mean, obviously, if you don't know, evil has left... LIJ oh, has joined the Bullet Club.
0: Poor, poor uh, Milano Collection AT, man. They they did yeah. such a good job of like playing up his evil fandom at the start of all of this throughout yep. the tournament. And then just to have him because it's like you don't have a crowd, so you don't have the little kids that you knew would be there in L. I. J. Yep. gear that were gonna cry when he turned. You don't yep. really have that, so they used instead this this announcer character <laughs> to build it up. And I don't know if you yep. saw, but he's continued on with this. And, like, he had a Twitter post today with all of his evil T-shirts that he is offering for sale as used <laughs> uh, T-shirts now, as so he's no longer a fan.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, the, the Milano Collection AT stuff was good. Um, you also, of course, had the Hiromu Takahashi uh, <laughs> reaction yes. to it all, if you've seen that, <laughs> and his uh, primal screams. Um, yeah. Rage and god only knows what he's going to do. Um, so yeah, and just you know, uh, some of the highlights of what you can look forward to next week a bunch of multi man tag matches. But we're also going to get uh, Shingo Takagi defending the never open weight championship against show um, a IWGP tag team championship match with the golden ace team of Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi defending against Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr., and then in the main event. For the IWGP Headweight Championship and the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, it'll be Tetsuya Naito defending against the New Japan Cup winner evil. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Broke DP out into a sneezing fit.
0: <laughs> yeah, New Japan Cup winner evil. I'm very excited to watch this show, man. This the, the the stuff that I watched, I haven't watched the entirety of the New Japan Cup, but the things that I have seen were great. I really enjoyed them. Um the match between Shingo Takagi and Sho is really the one that I'm looking forward to the most, though. That They had a fantastic match in their opening round of the uh, the New Japan Cup where Sho got the victory over Takagi, and then yep. their interaction in a multi-man at the quarterfinal show was fantastic. That one, they have built up, and they've done a great job building it up through this tournament, and I am very excited for that one.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so it'll be a lot of fun checking in on uh, our friends in New Japan Pro Wrestling as it's and, Dominion Twenty Twenty.
0: Yeah, Dominion Twenty Twenty in front of a crowd. We'll actually get to hear some of the uh, you know some fan reaction to some of this. I'm excited about that as well. Um, sure. Especially after all the stuff that we've been watching since March here in the current world of wrestling. So that is where we'll be next week. If you want to tune in over there, you can always check out New Japan World. It's NJPWWorld.com. Only ten bucks. It's less than ten bucks. So it's like eight dollars a month. Nine hundred ninety nine yen. Uh, whatever the current situation as far as the transfer of monies goes there Uh, but anyways that's where we'll be next week if you want to keep up with us in the meantime you can check out Facebook it's the Golden Age of Grappling Podcast or on Twitter at GrappleCast if you'd like to follow me on Twitter I'm at Deadpool1205
1: you can follow me Tony G at BeyondSanity19 and we'll catch you next week for New Japan Dominion
3: 2020 Hey JR and your precious holy sweet name Amen. Duh.
0: So, uh, do you want to talk current wrestling?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not including anything, because I haven't watched anything this current week. Oh, yeah, so like I, tonight? Just so I wasn't tainted by anything, Monday or tonight. Okay. Um. Yeah, one, didn't watch one Monday, though. Okay. piece of good news, and a guy is showing that he's uh, one of the good ones for sure, is the story that Kevin Owens was pretty much the guy that forced the hand of the WWE for their mask mandate (laughs) that is now in place. Nice. Um, Said he was going home, and Vince asked what it would take to keep him, to make him stay, and (laughs) Kevin said for everybody to start wearing masks. That's it. And that was that, (laughs) apparently. So that's, rumor has it anyway. So, Hmm. yeah, so good for Kevin Owens, Um, you know. His buddy Sammy Zayn's out there saving the world, doing great things for Syria still, um, while he's having his time away. So using his time well and and Kevin Owens as well doing good things, so got nice to see that. Nice and that's why you've seen the fans behind the plexiglass wearing masks in the last (laughs) week or so. So
0: So I noticed like it was it was very obvious that it had something had changed and all of a sudden Mm. they all had the masks, so but I did not know the story behind the story there.
1: Right, exactly. So yeah, good stuff there. Um, another really kind of cool thing that happened on Raw, we had a uh, slight a slight return as Dolph Ziggler came out and called out Drew McIntyre for leaving people behind on his way to the top and then out walked Heath Slater uh, in his free agent shirt. Um, and he cut a great promo, you know, talking about how happy he was for Drew and... That he cried when he beat Rock, Brock at Mania, and uh, you know Heath says that he was there for Drew when he got fired, but when Heath got fired, Drew didn't reach out, and uh, yeah, so he you know Heath was a little bit hurt about all that, and uh, you know, he, he, apparently Drew McIntyre had said on the bump that you know he would fight to get a match with Heath Slater, and uh, you know Heath says you know me needing a job ain't no gimmick, and he wants what he deserves. And so he gets his match with Drew McIntyre right now. And uh, (laughs) Drew hit the Claymore and pinned Heath Slater in like six seconds. Yeah, that was the part that was like everyone was a little bit upset about. (laughs) Uh, But he doesn't work there. Like the fact that this happened at all was kind of crazy.
0: That is true. Uh, That is weird.
1: uh, After the match, Dolph slapped Heath across the face and, you know, said, I did this for you and attacked him. Drew would make the save, running Dolph off, and then he raised the arm of Heath Slater, and uh, they had a nice moment, so. Gotcha. I regret to, re- to report that Jinder Mahal did not show up, unfortunately. <laughs> so, oh. yeah, there was that. A first-time Sadie? matchup took place. Sasha and Kari Sane, very good match. I only mentioned that because it was the, uh, the action between these two was really good stuff, okay. and, uh, Unfortunately, it was a TV match. It ended in a BS, but you know,
0: <laughs> as is tradition,
1: right? Yeah. Either way, there, um, a really good segment on the KO show with Seth Rollins. It was kind of nice for they brought up something that I feel like they almost have forgot about when KO talked about how you know bad things have been for Seth ever since Kevin beat him at WrestleMania, and uh, you know Seth would bring up the fact that yeah, you may have beat me at WrestleMania, but You know, the risks you took caused you to be injured and, you know, you haven't really done anything since then either. Mm -hmm. And so they, you know, they're going back and forth and he challenges Ray to a match at Extreme Rules. And, uh, yeah. It was, you know, this was what also led to, uh, you know, uh, Rollins and KO kind of getting into it again. And, uh. So wait, hadn't
0: they already announced that they were having a match like last week?
1: Because we talked well, about the whole I for an I, eye I match. Just, I told you, this eye for an eye thing had happened because we did this record thing again where we did it after Monday. And so I did already see that the yeah, eye for an eye match. We, we've already announced.
0: talked about that, about those, this, those two announcing that. This,
1: this is how it happened, though. Like All I had seen was like the announcement, and I didn't know or gotcha. understand why. doesn't really get any more clear um, why it happens either, other than the uh, stipulation. The winning team will get to pick the stipulation for the match at Extreme Rules. Ray's team wins and Ray picks eye for an eye. And that's <laughs> really all there is to say about that so far. Not exactly sure what that all means.
0: I mean, they're very clear on what it means, but I don't know how they're going to do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, MVP, you know, getting in between people, stirring up trouble, you might say. Um, he was talking to Cedric Alexander and, you know, asking him if he's content being the sidekick to Ricochet. And uh, Cedric, you know, was trying to be kind of dismissive about all this. MVP brings up, you know, why don't you have a documentary on the network? Ricochet has got a brand new documentary <laughs> on the network. And, you know, says yeah. if he's if he's content being in the catering business, then he can just keep going the way things are going. So I thought that was good stuff there. MVP has been, well, an MVP of 2020 in a lot of ways. I mean, he's just, it's it's amazing, like, that they even let him go for as long as they did. because. Yeah. He's perfect in this kind of a role, you know.
0: Didn't they didn't it look like he was going to be done for a little bit, bit like a while ago?
1: Like from what, an injury reason or something? No,
0: just I thought that there was something that they just had like that was just going to be his last his well, last thing on the show and then like all of a sudden like he exactly. something hit and they just keep bringing him back. I just didn't I thought that that had happened. Was that true that that was Yeah, I mean,
1: this, yeah, it, it was initially I think like a one-off or you know whatever it was cuz I think what he appeared in the Rumble maybe and He's, you know, he. I don't know. He was kind of around, but yeah, they totally have just decided, basically, like, yeah, no, we're gonna have you around all the time. So,
0: gotcha. No, yeah, yeah he's been great. Everything that I always see, like the clips on Twitter and stuff, he's always really good.
1: Absolutely, the main event on Raw: Oscar beat Bailey in a great match. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was really ladies' night on Raw last week. I got to say, because we also had uh, Ruby Riot, of course, losing on TV again to Billy Kay, because <laughs> that's just what Ruby does now, unfortunately. Uh, but DP, night two, the great American bash. And yeah. uh, another another really strong show here. Uh, Candice LeRae beat Mia Yim in a really good street fight. Uh, Bronson Reed beat Tony Nese for an angle they set up like that night, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, good for him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gargano and Isaiah Swerve Scott had a really good match. Johnny got the win there. Uh, Mercedes Martinez made her re debut debut now that she's gotten vignettes to air. Okay. And she beat Santana Garrett because that's what Santana Garrett does now. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: (laughs) Because wasn't it pretty quick too?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Mercedes, you know, it looks like they've got plans for her. Okay.
0: It was one of those things I. I I didn't watch much of the show. I kind of just skipped to the main event because I was watching on yeah. my lunch break. And so I was, just like, I was like, I just really want to see this. It was at the during right. the middle of b- baseball games.
1: Yeah. And speaking of that main event, uh, what a main event it was. Keith Lee, the North American champion, defeating Adam Cole after his 400-plus day reign as the NXT champion. Yeah. Um, Keith Lee is now the man in NXT, um, holding both of the major... Uh, championships on the male side of things, and um, what did you,
0: th- you think of the match?
1: I thought it was great. You know, I mean, it was everything it was you solid. expected to be. They did everything. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Cole's, of course, at the top of his game, and Keith Lee showing that he <laughs> is absolutely as well. You know, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I thought the match. I thought the matchup was great. These two worked it- really well together, considering the size difference.
0: It is funny though that like. And maybe this has always been the case. Maybe I'm I'm looking back at it and shading it through my memory, and maybe I'm completely wrong. But in my mind, I'm thinking that the Panama Sunrise, it, it's just in true Triple H and Shawn Michaels booking, like... It's just the exact same thing that happened to their finishers, where it's like, you just have to do more of them. You can't, yeah. like, you, it, every match that you keep trying to top the ones before, so you just, you have to do more of them eventually. It's so like, it was just one of those things where when you saw the first one go through, I was like, Jesus, like, you can't do that again in this match. He is too right. big to be Panama Sunrising, and you're too small for this. <laughs> like, it looks ridiculous. But then, like, when the yeah. second one started happening, I was like, Jesus, I was like, it's going to happen again, of course.
1: Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, no, yeah, you're not you're not wrong about that. Um, so yeah, big shift here in NXT. Um, as it's pretty well expected that that was the last time you'll see Adam Cole at oh, least. Oh, really? Yeah, in the yellow and black. After the match, there was like all the traditional hugs and kisses. Like, okay. Triple H came out and they shook hands and hugged and him and Keith Lee shook hands and gotcha. You know, it was all after the after the after the cameras went off. So what um, what
0: happens to the rest of the era then if that's well, the case?
1: That's that's a lot of the rumors on the interwebs is you know, Cole says he's wants to go with all of them. They of course don't want all of them to go <laughs> at once. Um, so yeah. I guess we'll just have to wait and see when they debut in front of nobody. Won't that be awesome?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That seems <laughs> to be the problem though, like for every company. Every company is debuting people, everybody
1: it just sucks. Like I it's it's every new person or big debut or moment mm-hmm. has been a complete waste.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Like, you know, Except for next, home, you said normally go, "Oh, least, that's cool.
0: That's why I'm so excited to watch our our review next week because it's like there's a crowd at the show and I know that they're that's not true. cheering and and booing loudly, but at least they'll right. be making some noise.
1: Right, so something. Yeah. That steady hum of silence you get from a Japanese Well, no, the,
0: like, specifically because of their COVID stuff. Like, you're not allowed to cheer and oh, to, like, clap and stomp gotcha. as much as you want.
1: Okay. Um, also, in those closing moments, Karrion and Cross and Scarlet were seen watching from the rafters with much interest as ah. Keith Lee celebrated his victory. So that was the end of Great American Bash. Uh, <laughs> night two of Fighter Fest. Uh, not, you know, pr- not bad. The uh, Omega and Page private party match was pretty good. Omega and Page picking up the victory. Yeah, um, I just still think when you, the private party get into these moments, they just kind of get exposed a little bit. You know. Yeah,
0: not, I thought they're that, not
1: they're not bad, but you know they just kind of get they're like ah, you know not mm-hmm. not quite.
0: Yeah, it was one of those things where because they just had a big match on the last show, it was mm-hmm. like oh it wasn't it wasn't that match, but it was you know right. it was still good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Archer and Janella. Was a much more competitive match than I expected, which I was kind of happy to see. Um, I feel you know, like Joey... Janela
0: keeps like kind of getting to have those matches with these guys that are you know much bigger well, than he is. Well,
1: because he'll also let them throw them, throw him all over the place and do <laughs> whatever whatever they want to him. So true. He has that going for him. Like Archer's, like yeah, I'll throw his ass around for twelve minutes. I don't care. Um, Sonny Kiss got in the ring and had some you know good moments there with Archer as well. I liked that. Um, Taz gave the FTW championship (laughs) belt to cage. Um, you know, it's cool. Cool to see. I was surprised Mm -hmm. to learn that he owns like all of that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's all his. So that's why he can do that without any (laughs) pushback.
0: I mean, I wonder if there might've been like a day where there, maybe he would have been willing to like sign it over or whatever when he was in like the middle of his contract or something. But I just imagine that the company was just like, we're not going to ask for the Fuck the World Championship, are we? Like, we're...
1: (laughs) I know, right? Yeah, exactly. It was a pretty, like, brief moment in even ECW history, you know? I mean, it was like a year or so, but it still, it wasn't all that well-remembered. Well, that's why Um, it's just
0: weird that, like, like whatever that happens... Yeah. But it's just weird that like everyone else is like apparently regarding it as like yeah no he's just the champion now for that like it's like wait no, it's not just the never open weight championship all of a sudden it's still just right. a prop right like
1: <laughs> uh, no and Moxley I'd imagine as a guy that you know grew up on the ECW would probably love to have that title so <laughs> <laughs> um, the eight man tag was everything you'd expected it to be um, absolute just yeah. amazing shit show of a you know, quite a display from all eight of these men. It was uh, a lot of fun just, a car crash, you know.
0: The way that Ray Phoenix and Nick Jackson continue to work together is incredible. Like, it right. is, um, those two have some insane chemistry. Like, I was so impressed just with the little, like, springboard, springboard, uh, mo- like, Hurricane Rana thing that they did. Right. And then you just yeah. sent me, a, like, I sent that text, and you were just like, just wait. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah, I, <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, and I love to see someone because now everybody's favorite thing is we don't send stuff to Cornette. we send stuff to Dash and Dawson, whatever the hell they. Oh, okay. Are. Yeah. I refuse to learn these ridiculous names. I'm still <laughs> Isn't resisting. <it> Dax, <laughs> like hardwood and Wheeler or something. Now, um, but they were like, "What would you have done?" Whenever there it was a GIF of that springboard thing, hmm. and he said, "Grab a hold." Was all he replied. <laughs> but, yeah, they're they're loving the gimmick now. Oh, Um yeah, and yeah, the. Ne- the other thing when I said just wait was the basically a canadian destroyer yeah <laughs> leaping from the inside the ring with your opponent standing on the second rope bent over and flipping over doing a canadian destroyer to the outside luckily onto like seven people six people yeah. But yeah still even that it was like that's one of those things i don't know how you practice it and the speed and the momentum that could have gone wild. really bad like they fell. They fell just about exactly where they had to, dude. It, yeah,
0: and it was just—it was really. It was just I didn't expect that at all. Like when you see them like right. charging, it's like that's the last thing that I expected to happen.
1: <laughs> it was wild though. Uh, good stuff though. Yeah, and the uh, butcher and the blade and the Lucha Bros actually got the victory over the Young Bucks and FTR. So, yep, solid, solid stuff there. Um, Nyla Rose beat two people. I was just like, okay, I guess. I mean. <laughs> And that's what you do with Nyla Rose, whatever. Um, Dark Order got an a impressive victory over SCU. She and was
0: the, the Nyla Rose thing. That was the one that I was kind of referencing with the whole, like, because she, like, references, like, and now Brian Cage is a champion, so I need a manager. Like, and I was just like, Brian Cage isn't a real champion, though.
1: <laughs> Damn it, Brian Cage. You are not a champion.
0: Uh, whatever.
1: Yeah, exactly. And in the main event, a match that did not disappoint... Uh, Chris Jericho beating Orange Cassidy. Uh, you know, just, it was exactly kind of what, you know, I expected it to be. And that, you know, and that's, that's a good thing. Like it was, you know, they went all out, you know, Orange impressed. Uh, you know, Jericho was the savvy vet. I, I thought it was a really, really good matchup. Dude, it
0: was so much fun. Just like it, it was one of those things though that, like you were saying when they first started this whole feud like it, it just thinking about like if they had a real crowd here
1: oh i know like yeah. this would
0: be so much fun like it would have been yeah. just such an energy in that room with the way that those two characters are are and the way that they've been reacted to like yeah. oh it would have been amazing but it was still a lot of fun and it was re- great fun to watch i thought it was a great main event and yeah. uh you know they as far as like the whole show, I thought I really enjoyed this second week just because of the two highs of the like the big 8-man match and then this match mm-hmm. and then the the, ma- the first match like you had three really solid matches on a show and so in 2 hours that you can't really ask for much more than that.
1: No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a a hell of a show really from beginning to end. Uh, the those two matches on this week, you know, do really stand out um and maybe do just tip yeah. the scale in the direction of night 2 over night 1 as far as Fighter Fest goes. Mm-hmm,
0: definitely. So what match, like, I guess the maybe some of the middle stuff, like the Cabana match or whatever, was what they used to like fill the time that originally was scheduled for the main event match of, of oh, right. Mox and, and Cage?
1: Well, Archer and Janela was definitely added after that match got mixed. Okay. That, yeah, I, that, you know, that, that feud came on late in, like, the last week before the show.
0: That's true. I hadn't thought about that.
1: Uh, you know, the Taz with the FTW belt segment, you know that, yeah, ate up, that ate definitely up a little felt bit of time like as well. The time eater, yeah. But that six man tag dark order and SCU that was added, the you know the go home dynamite. So that may have also been something that they okay. plugged in there once they lost the title match. So, gotcha. But yeah, overall, um, you know, fun stuff from NXT and AEW as far as their you know these like summertime mm-hmm. you know big events go. Although I think AEW this week, this upcoming Wednesday is. Fight for the Fallen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was very right. curious if NXT was would end up finding some reason to give themselves a title I, for this week.
1: They were, they were just like, give them this week. <laughs> like, we give up. We can't. We're not going to name this shit every week, you know?
0: Oh uh, Yeah, I was very I surprised you, that they put they it right just, up against it.
1: Yeah, I told you. They should have just made it the Great American Bash Tour, and just every week of the summer would just be the Great American Bash, you know? Uh, it's
0: like when they started calling it Raw as War or whatever, like... Right, yeah.
1: So yeah, uh, fun stuff. You know, crowd, no crowds. That's not changing anytime soon, unfortunately. I mean, you know, good and bad. Good because it <laughs> it can't happen yet because we're not, you know, there yet. But yeah. you know, it does stink that it's. I would be surprised if anything is full crowd by the end of the year.
0: Yeah, definitely. WWE
1: yeah, no. apparently. Originally had thought that by SummerSlam they would be able to have fans because they're the WWE and their fans. Yeah, that's,
0: I mean, that's just kind of like been seemingly Vince's plan. Like we're just gonna plan right. like we are gonna do everything, and then it, when when we get to the last second, we know if we finally can give up that we're not gonna do that. Then we'll switch it
1: up. Yeah, it's and that's pretty much been the mo so far. Like they <laughs> have apparently nixed a bunch of you know, like I don't think they're even gonna bring Lesnar in for SummerSlam. Like, there's, you know, yeah. a, a few of the bigger things they were planning on doing, they're just kind of holding on to. That Undertaker now.
0: match, not, not going to happen now.
1: Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they retired him, damn it. They did everything besides okay. old yeller him, you know, like walk him out in the field and shoot him. So True.
0: Oh, All right, so anything else for current wrestling, then? Uh, you know, no, you know, that's that's about it.
2: Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday.
0: Comes That's again. right, Hulk. You can Sunday, listen to the Golden Monday Age of Tuesday, Grappling Wednesday, podcast any day Wednesday, of the week. But if you're looking for new Thursday, episodes, Friday, Thursday, you can check Saturday, out our website, goldenagepodcast.com, Sunday, or look Sunday, for us on iTunes. Monday, Tuesday, new episodes Wednesday, releasing
2: every... Oh, no, shut up, you fat! boy in a little old. Friday, Saturday, Sunday comes again.